Is, is there like a sous vide machine I should avoid? What the f is going on down there? Yeah, if it's chicken breasts for an hour, that's not a big deal. But once you start getting uh, the longer cooks, you, you may spend a little bit of time coasting through that danger range. So it's just better to vacuum out all the air. That way, it's only anything that's anaerobic, and anaerobic isn't going to be acting nearly as hard until you get up to the range where you're pasteurizing. Yeah. All right, well, that was very educational. By the way, Aaron, welcome to the Transformers podcast we record each week. Hi, I thought this was the sous vide discussion. Nope, that was just me um, juicing you for information, as I often tend to do, about things that I know you're into that I don't know about. Stuff okay. like math and engineering and sous vide. Yeah. Um, also joining us uh, this week is TJ. Hello, TJ. Hello. Um, have you learned something about sous vide as well? I'm still not sure what sous vide is. Uh, Aaron is sure eager to tell anybody, but I the, the basics to... of sous vide are you, you okay. have a thing okay. that what, you what can set a, a, a temperature to, oh. and you just <laughs> let it cook at that temperature at a constant level rather than trying to go with a lot of heat and then get it to where you want to be and then stop it. So it's a little bit more control, and then you just let it do its thing. Yep, it's uh, it's basically it's called the Sausalito machine. It uses some magic to make water permanently hot at a certain temperature, so you can cook things forever, and then uh, you sear them afterwards. And, if it's uh, a thing that needs set. searing, yeah. So I've seen perfect eggs done in a sous vide machine. That's what I want to try to do. Yeah. I've been I've been doing French omelet stuff in my fancy pants Gotham pan, and I want more Gotham frying pans now because the nonstick is perfect yeah. for eggs. Uh, so I want to get like a couple more, and I want to get a walk. I need a walk too. I was doing, I was doing a bunch of a bunch of chef wish list shopping on Amazon, feeling like I'm a different person for about an hour, and then I was like, I bet you all this stuff is is less expensive if I just go downtown and look for it. So I didn't wish list most of the stuff I was looking at. But uh, we're here to talk about Transformers as well as cookery, and we're going to open up with uh, the new Transformers cartoon coming up, Cyberverse. We have our first footage of the show that's not from a convention panel. They put up, a, a, I thought actually, a, a fairly decently long clip on uh, Cartoon Network's YouTube uh, page, which I am assuming is from episode one, because you have some Windblade expositing about the nature of the show being Bumblebees and Amnesiac. Uh, there's a lot about it I really liked. And I'm trying to figure out, do, do we want to start in the positive or on the negative? I can't never, because like, if we start in the positive, we end on the negative. But if we start on the negative, we're starting on a bummer. So I'm, I don't know I, where we should go with so this. I, what are your positives? So I got a bunch of positives. I, I really like how colorful it is. Uh, I'm, I think the animation's a lot more dynamic and smooth than I was expecting from uh, some of the stills and from the uh, the Megatron flashback scene that we saw from that panel. Uh, the action was pretty good. I like the speed lines on stuff on the on the stinger activating. The transformation looked cool. Um, and uh, Windblade's uh, voice actor is doing a pretty good job. Like given that she's kind of just expositing and having a fight scene. Um, so a lot about it I like. There's, there's really just one thing that that made me go, oh man, uh, which, which is probably anyone can guess now. The one thing I didn't mention, but. Um, Let's start with the positive then, because yeah, like for me, a lot of it was working. Like a lot of that is a show I would I would happily watch now and then, because it's going to be like ten, like what ten, eleven minute episodes, so it's going to be like you know Steven Universe blippy for for the good the good chunk of it. Like it's not going to be a huge time commitment, 
and uh, and if they have good action and and they have lots of good speed lines on stuff, it's going to be my kind of thing. Um, I also wish Thundercracker actually the one little thing. I wish Thundercracker had said something in that clip because he says a lot, but it's it's constantly him just going like, Arr! and I'm like, man, I want to know what you sound like, not what you Arr! like. Uh, but yeah, that that was kind of uh, a lot of what was working for me. Aaron, what about you? Like, where where are you coming from? Obviously? Um, I I can see that like okay, it is it is very colorful and uh, it's kind of a design decision and. I do at least the the clip here was it was a very uh fluidly animated um mm-hmm. however the the style of animation um that which I mean granted this is more aimed at a younger audience I believe so that um it's a little bit more like pose for pose for pose it's a little bit um like to make it clear what the action very, very, is, very storyboardy K- kind of story, yeah, very storyboardy, yeah. and then also the like, like Bumblebee talking in clips for the movie. So worked. let's let's hold that for the end because that's God, my no, that was my that's, one thing. That's the only thing else. That's okay. Well, let's, let's before we before we hit final, that, let TJ, TJ talk outside of the radio voice. Let's talk about how you felt about this clip. <laughs> uh, I will agree. It, uh, the animation is much smoother and more dynamic than I expected it to be. Um, I'm not sure what to think of the art style just yet. It's very minimalistic, very low detail, flat style, which could work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it might, it might just take some getting used to, and depends on just how well the other characters move with it. I think the reason why I'm I'm digging it is because of the fluid motion with that art style. Because uh, th- that art style was, even to a certain point, making me question how much it was going to feel more like objects sliding over top of objects. Yeah. Um. So so that art style plus fluid motion is making it feel like really visually fresh to me. Uh, like the lack the lack of black outlines and anything like there's just something about it was really jiving. Yeah, it's good. To, it takes some getting used to. It's very. Everything looks very geometric, very much this, you know, I, I almost want to say it's like an industry graphic video where they're just showing three-dimensional very, very bar ve- graphs. Very vectory. Very vectory. That's a yeah. good way to phrase it. But you know, there's there's still some retro kind of cartoonishness in there that I like enough. Simple shading works for me. Uh, cartoony down to the point, point where I noticed that all the characters have three fingers. Yeah, that was something. That's something I noticed right away with those character reveal images. That like, I, I noticed it right away and just shoved it into my my brain basically and went like, "All right, you're gonna get used to this so that you stop getting distracted by this." Because I like, whatever. If I don't like it, I don't like it. But also, it's the kind of thing that like I don't think I hate it, but I'm like I don't want to spend months going, "Oh man, they got three fingers." Because like I I gotta just deal with it. So I I kind of number digits don't really it. bother me. Yeah, I don't know why, like, it, it and TJ, I, I don't know, maybe you feel this way, like, it, it like, somehow, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why it clicked with me so immediately, because, yeah, like, it's not like it's a new thing. There's plenty of yeah. animation I've watched in my life with, you know, three fingers, one thumb, where I've been fine with it. I have no idea why it stuck out to me so much on, on because, these guys. Uh, because you don't see it anymore. Because yeah. three fingers was something to simplify the animation process and make things look, you know, a little bit more 
easy to handle for the animators and for the viewers. You haven't seen that much because there's so much lean toward realism or stylistic and others, especially since everything is done on computer now. Artists don't have to worry about drawing four you know, articulated fingers at one time. Yeah. In any position. So this, it, I mean, it's, it's something from a bygone era of hand-drawn animation that you don't see translated to CG animation ever. And like props to them if this is like I, I almost wonder if maybe like the um the technical side of this animation, if they figured out like in the riggings, like by sacrificing the finger, we also are actually saving literally hours of, of processing time. Uh and, and I don't know how animation works enough to know if I'm just like I'm probably like saying something on the same lines as like Santa Claus gets down the chimney by shrinking to the size of a diamond before he uh you know pops back out into full jolly pudgy man size at the bottom so you know, i mean don't... i mean it is a it is a few it is a few uh your points of motion on the on the model skeleton though a little bit at the same time when you look back at those scenes like thundercracker posturing and there's just like there's movement in his shoulders and his wings there's little gyrations that are completely unnecessary they're yeah they're all covered moving parts that really nullifies the idea that a fourth finger would have added some exponential amount of time to me um without me actually knowing at all how any of this software works (laughs) so i probably shouldn't have even uh postulated that that reminds me by the way i actually really like the idea of winged transformers being able to retract their wings in robot mode um something about that feels very logical because, you know, you look at Windblade... You don't want to be these... eight additional feet wide to get through hallways? Yeah, it's like, it, just, it just seems... If she's able to, then yeah, that would be a... If, you're, if your physiology could do it, why wouldn't you retract the massive pair of wings that you have on your back when you're not needing to use them? Um, and I, I was sitting there watching it happen, like, because she pops her wings in and out a couple times, or you know, between her and Thundercracker. And I was like, this, this actually makes a ton of sense. I, I'm really into this. Like, unfortunately, we're never going to see it on the toys, but uh visually it is it is working for me um so yeah they're doing okay so they're doing radio voice for bumblebee and here's my optimistic outlook is that if this is and this is most likely from like the first episode i can fully appreciate radio voice for an episode or two as an aspect of the amnesia uh that i would hope goes goes away eventually um, cause radio voice is now the kind of thing that is an homage to something from 10 years ago. Cause we are all old and, uh, the Transformers 2007 movie is over a decade old. So I could see it as like part of the grand homage of all the homages they're doing in the show. Um, I, I just really hope it's not for the, like the whole first season. Cause I think that would, that would be a shame, uh, in part because a, he's got a straight up face. So it's really weird when he's doing full on mouth facial expressions, but the mouth isn't moving and he's just sort of ejecting radio lines out. And in B, they're not using radio clips. They're using radio clips that they wrote for the script that a voice actor is performing, uh, which for some reason on a meta level is completely taking me out of the whole gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I've, I've had the case made to me of why it's kind of cool. And I was like, no, nah, I mean, and, and I, I'm making the case that like for an episode or three, this is fine as part of the anime, uh, uh, part of the amnesia. <laughs> It's just like it's like holy crap! Don't let this be like the whole first season because, you know, it's it's selfish, but like it'll wear thin for me. Obviously, it's not working for a lot of people uh, in the older fandom. But Aaron, you seem to not be into it. Yeah, it's you know, 
more so if they had instead of being like talky radio clips if they had done it more towards the way that movie bumblebee was and it was like a music track you know that it doesn't need to be an actual licensed music thing just be like why so sad or something like that rather than like something that sounds like it was cut you know, again, it's like the words that are close to what he'd be saying in a different voice actory way. I, it's, yeah, it, it, the thing is, it was all done with a voice acting cadence that made none of it sound like the radio to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is what just made it kind of confusing to follow. Like, I caught on pretty quick what they were doing, but, like, because none of it had unique cadence, it all just sounded like voice actors performing a character and 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 somehow for radio clips it, it just lost me really quick i was like this is just not working for me at all yeah yeah it's if it seems like they didn't want to go like radio clip but they wanted to have something like that and they picked the worst way for both of them to go yeah and and i'll stand up for the idea that like, like it completely works as an homage that also was part of the amnesia thing like i'm super down for that i think the, the delivery was quite weak and i think this thing this this thing will outstay its welcome if it's there for more than half a season uh, tj it sounds like you weren't digging the radio thing either uh no i didn't i didn't really dig the radio thing when it first became a thing no i've been real happy how much we've been getting away from it yeah, uh, and that we got yeah. away from it with Will Friedel too, one of my favorite voice actors, and that, like this is the complete opposite of that situation. <laughs> yeah, like I think it, I think it robs ca- character from the from Bumblebee when mm. when you're kind of forced into this weird gimmicky dialogue. Uh, I think it's a discredit to the voice actor who can't really like portray a consistent character because it always has to sound like somebody randomly pulled from a radio commercial. Yeah. Like I, I, if if it's like that for like if that is just how he talks in the present, then I'm I'm there with you. It's just, if if this goes away, that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see on it, and I'm gonna be real optimistic. This is just a thing for the start of the amnesia. Because uh, if it goes away, then I'm super fine with it. Then whatever. It was it was a yeah. Every yeah. Transformers show usually has super weak opening episode or two, you know, in the long run, and and whatevs. We'll I'll get over it. This yeah. I, I would love for a voice actor to get to perform the character Bumblebee. <laughs> Yeah, that's always a good thing. I mean, it just feels it feels like just they're doing it just because this is what the most well-known Bumblebee does, which is a good which is fine to start off with, but you need to get away from it in order to actually flesh him out. Yeah, yeah. and and I'm I'm hopeful because of some stuff even seen in this clip, like the the number of homages they did uh went pretty far for me. Like those stingers are straight up animated. Like yeah. that that is the animated Bumblebee power. Uh, and it was super cool to see that again for me. And um, also kind of his demeanor reminded me a little bit of animated Bumblebee. The, um, you know, not not so much the kid-friendly character, but also like the slightly more carefree, like, um, how do you put it? I was going to say Agent of Chaos to a degree. Because I, I always found animated Bumblebee is a little bit chaotic good. Like, uh, it was something we used to complain about, actually, that he never really got to grow up very much. So he spent most of his time just being sort of uh, irresponsible, but doing the right thing. And there's a little bit of that in this. And it it's a, feels a little refreshing to see that as Bumblebee, considering we just got done with R.I.D., where he has to be the leader role. Yeah. And in the IDW comics, where he's like the the former leader of the planet. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I love I love um, 
the the awkward dad high points of Rid Bumblebee. Like that's Will Friedel made something out of that that I think other actors might not have. Uh, which 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 was enormously endearing, and I'm super glad that we got it. And and I also think we need to break from it because <laughs> no one else is going to do it as well as Will Friedel. Uh, oh, something else going to throw in. I I also um I I really like just the the fight scene. I thought was cool. Uh, like it was nice to just see how action will look in this show up front, and there's a lot of good angles going on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like there's a lot of aside from. I guess the main character Bumblebee. Uh, everything else was was completely working for me. I thought, you know, well, Windblade has one thing I don't like, which is those creepy ass puppet mouth lines on the sides of her mouth. Uh, yeah, they just don't look good, and they look double weird when her mouth just works like a normal mouth, uh, and no one else has them. Uh, and like she's got she's got the city speaker the Kamian um, you know eye makeup stuff, which is cool and that's fine. Everything else is fine. The puppet mouth thing is like. A very strange decision. There's no way they can get rid of that now, and and uh, that's going to take more getting used to than the three fingers, <laughs> I think, because uh, it just looks weird. You know, it's like that. Um, I was going to say it's kind of like how Red Bumblebee had that weird, like, giant rectangle on his forehead, um, or how uh, Cyberverse Shockwave is frowning all the time and has that tiny shockwave thing on his on his on his forehead as well. Um, but yeah, otherwise I, I thought it was solid, you know. Um, it, for for what it is, I should say, I should add in. Like, there's obviously this 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 is a show with a ceiling on it, you know. It's a kids' show, as Transformers literally always are. So, you know, if it doesn't work for you, don't feel bad about it. But also, at a certain point, like sometimes I read criticisms of the show, going like, "Oh, well, have have fun watching this, kids." And it's like, yeah, who 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 else was gonna watch this? Who else was this for? <laughs> Aside from those of us who tangentially are able to enjoy cartoons that do not go for super deep mature stakes. Uh, not to say I wouldn't prefer that. It's just like, like with like with R.I.D. Like, if you went into RID 2015 with a certain ceiling on your ex- expectations, it was like, yeah, it's just sort of like G1, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. You know, it's sort of dynamic, good voice acting. And like G1, there is an absolute ceiling on where the stakes will go. Uh, even when they bring in Mech- Megatronus, there's an absolute ceiling on where the stakes will go. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing this come out. I don't think it's going to be like, I got to keep up with the show as it's airing, but it's going to be like half of a season will probably be a pretty fun binge. Um, hopefully it's not hard to watch, um, as in like hard to figure out how to watch. Uh, yeah. hopefully being on Cartoon Network means it'll be readily available digitally as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I think it was pretty cool. Um, and that brings us to our first listener question, which comes from Omnom. And uh, Omnom says, Dearest Vangelis and Co., burnout is a thing. I think it's burnout. Been long. Wait, what? I read everything in the question except that first sentence. Burnout is a thing. I think it's burnout. Been long enough now. We might as well be honest and call it 2018. Alright, anyway. Power of the Primes is nowhere uh, and or overpriced and most if uh, just uh, most of it just isn't a priority for my collection. Masterpiece Beast Wars is the same. Never loved the franchise that much. And the price? Nope. Having gotten used to acquiring less in recent months, I've been spending time going back and playing around with those gathering dust for a little love. Uh, looking for a little love. 
Uh, Generation Sandstorm. Oh my god, how did I forget about this guy? He spanked Springer loud and proud in glorious sunshine colors. Masterpiece Bumblebee, similarly, was too quickly forgotten. Such a great figure. Even Universe Cyclonus has made a resurgence. So what Transformers or other toys have you gone back and rediscovered? Who are your hidden gems? Hope the coming reveals of what's to come gets everyone hyped up again. Who knows, by next year, Power of the Primes Wave 3.5. Is there a 4? May have hit the shelves. Skadoosh. So I can answer that because we got it wrong so many times. Uh, there is Power of the Primes Wave 4. It's a bunch of toys that came out before and Firestar. And it uh, just started showing up this week? Yes. Yep. So not by next year. Well, I guess, yeah, by next year, but well before next year. <laughs> Wave 4, not 3.5, uh, has hit shelves somewhere. <laughs> um, I just want to also quickly say I really like the idea of this question because I brought this up on the podcast before about, like, if you're just not into what's coming out right now, there is such a, a, a massive amount of Transformers that have come out, especially since, like, uh, 2007, that it's real easy for incredible stuff to have come and gone. You might even own it, and it was on your radar, and then fell off your radar immediately because a bunch of other stuff came out. And stuff like Sandstorm, I think, is a huge example of, of a toy that was easy to forget. Masterpiece Bumblebee was right there in the, the tail end, but still the heyday of that Hasui era where everyone was all up in that Masterpiece stuff. Um, so I, I like especially if say you think the Cyberverse cartoon isn't looking all that great, and you're getting all like sour feeling about it. There's so much else that you could probably spend about a year going through uh, and and enjoying or finding new things to like about stuff you already picked up. Uh, and I, I do this every now and then too. Hidden gems, rediscovering things. Aaron, have you rediscovered anything? Uh, not uh, as of late, I don't think. Um, what about ever? The last couple of months. Uh, ever? Um, I have had a few hits of going back to, uh, like, the couple of Beast Wars combiners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff that's up on display that's uh, I'll accidentally... Uh, air quotes uh, end up messing with it for a while like some of the original R.I.D. stuff uh, I uh, like going 2001? back yeah I like going back and fiddling with but I'm all now so paranoid of the rubber tires that I'm afraid I'm going to pick one of those up and those tires are just going to go so two things A away. get get yourself some extras so you can just swap tires on and then B uh, get some of that gummy pledge stift so you can uh, moisturize all the all that toy rubber yeah and then you'll, you'll be set um, I say all this. I, I don't actually do any of that. I've just been riding the risks like a like a, like a crazy boy. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ, what about you? Have you uh, gone back to rediscover stuff? Uh, found hidden gems amidst your shelving? Uh, amidst the shelving, um, I generally will put aside something like if I'm reorganizing or I'm uh, updating shelves, sending older toys to the storage bins, etc. I'll probably pluck a couple two out and just scoop them for a little while before they end up back in the box or generally back up on the shelf because I like this guy enough. He gets to stay. Mm-hmm. No, Not in purgatory yet. Um, one that's still on the shelf and I just got him down recently because uh, so, someone had kind of postulated why uh, they produced a brand new mold for Punch Counterpunch. Mm-hmm. And the idea in my head was, well, if they could remold it into Drift, he could have a deadlock mode, and that'd be your use. Oh. So, 
I got the dri- I got the old drift down from Generations, and oh my god, that's a solid toy. Yeah, that's a good toy. I've, yeah. I've had that one actually floating on my desk for a while due to uh, review videos that I, I still haven't quite finished making because I always meant to, to get one done for that Mastermind version of um, Black Tank Dude who used to be his boss, whose name I forget every six months um, as a cannon for a hand. Anyway, I always had that drift figure floating around to go uh, with him for some footage, which meant that that drift figure just kept living on my desk getting transformed every couple weeks and me just going like, yeah, this is a cool toy. Um Actually, I was going to say for myself, like, Hidden Gems, one of them is oddly Combiner Wars uh, Deluxes, because so much Combiner Wars came out at once in the back half of that line. A lot of those figures kind of just became combined, and then, like, another one came out. And so stuff like Computron limbs, I barely messed with as individual figures. Yeah. So I, I had two of them on Volcanicus until I finally found Wave 2. And when I pulled them off of him uh, to put them away, they kind of lived on my desk for a while. And I was like, you know, he's dang, I love Combiner Wars Deluxes. Uh, these two are just sort of sitting there getting transformed back and forth uh, for a little while. Um, and I know sometime in the future, Masterpiece Ultra Magnus and Masterpiece Star Saber are going to be that. Because those were two Masterpiece toys that I picked up. I messed with for a solid day, but then, like, within a week, a bunch of other stuff had come out, and they ended up on a shelf, and I have not messed with them in a good long time. And I've almost been, like, saving them for a rainy day of, like, I want to rediscover these figures. And I also want to get that KFC upgrade kit for Star Saber to, like, add some ratchet strength uh, to his arms. Um, but, yeah, this, this is entirely a thing that happens, and it's also something that almost in a reverse psychology way I've been using to identify stuff that I maybe don't want to pick up um, there's a lot of like kit build things and, and brick build things that I've just been letting go because I'm like I know I won't mess with that for a long time or I'll mess with it in a way where I'm not getting my money's worth out of it um, a lot of 6 inch figures uh, I'm like I know that I'll, I'll pop it open it'll just be part of a bin of 6 inch figures uh, I just don't need it right now um, but yeah Transformers wise like I've seen some people recently going back and getting into the uh, the RID 2015 Warrior line because they kind of passed on the whole thing. And now, okay. you know, Cyberverse, it turns I'll say it here on the podcast. It turns out that I have been horrifically mistaken about what Cyberverse Warrior toys were for the last few weeks. Uh, they are not RID 2015 Warrior toys. They, in fact, are halfways the figures who are missing an entire limb of engineering because it has a gimmick in it. Um, so there's some folks going back and rediscovering those Warrior toys. And that is, aside from Steeljaw, that is a solid line, especially if you can get them for less than retail. So um, for anyone who's really kind of not feeling Cyberverse and skipped RID 2015, go check out the the, the Warrior toys. Um, and yeah, I, I saw those Cyberverse Warrior figures in, in Toys R Us. It's a Canadian uh, shop that we have over here. And they had everyone but Shockwave. And I was staring at that Optimus, realizing like, He's the one who doesn't have an elbow and one arm for a flip-out axe gimmick. I thought that was the scout. Uh, I saw the video of the Starscream, and it turns out that half of the stuff I thought was the case with the scout is actually from the Warrior Starscream toy. Uh, that was that was uh, that was a sobering moment. It also means that I'm kind of not interested in a good chunk of that line. <laughs> Because uh, I know it's not really for, especially for twenty Canadian in tax a piece. That stuff isn't really for me. Um, but yeah, I hope that answers your question, Om Nom. Um, and uh, I want I, I hope that that settles it for everyone. How utterly wrong I had been for weeks about those warrior toys for Cyberverse. Uh, that brings us to 
some of that leaked from Cybertron behind the scenes info. Aaron, I know you you eat the stuff up the way I do. It's big spoonfuls of it. Mm-hmm. Chomp, chomp. Sure. Spoonfuls, even though the spoonfuls were on screen for like a half second in this 50-some second video, uh, they they are pushing out information in the like like in these constrained these constricted videos i'm so pleased there's always at least one talking point somehow jammed in there amidst them having to say the entire product name line name and size class of every single figure three times uh in these videos but um we found out about what some of the unused gimmick ideas were for the power of the prime's leader toys which meant we got to see some control art that we'd never seen before and what they were showing was, hey, we were thinking of maybe having uh, as the evolution gimmick before we came up with what it is. We were going to go for slam a bunch of vehicles onto these things. There goes an ambulance and or fire truck. Probably an ambulance. Hasbro is sending the leak police after you. Uh, yeah, well, they leaked it. So they should send them after, after John Warden. He can just, like, um, bewilder them with stickers. Uh, so one of these things also happened to show a Starscream colored thing mounted on the back of Rodimus, except it's straight up with Star Saber in Starscream yeah. colors. Mm-hmm. So that was a moment because I was like, oh, so they <laughs> did th- think about Star Saber. Uh, and then the, almost a bigger moment is in the second photo where it's like, what if instead we mounted a Voyager on the front and that Voyager was friggin' Prima straight up with a giant Matrix of Leadership? <laughs> and we're like, excuse me? <laughs> What's this? Uh, and then another one where it looks like, um, it honestly to me, it looks like combiner hands uh, wrapped on on Rodimus as like a backpack along with some other armor on bits. That one's maybe a little bit less it interesting. almost looks like another set of hands grabbing him around the shoulders. Yeah, like, like, I almost wonder if maybe they had like more lofty ideas for combiners than what they ended up with. Yeah. Like that they would have hands that are big enough to do that. But, um... Aaron, let's start with you, and let's start with the Prima thing. Uh, Power of the Prime sure would have been a, an easier thematic line to discuss thematically had the Primes been real toys in it, yeah. as opposed to what they are. Yeah. And boy, this makes me sit here and go like, what happened? Yeah, well, I wonder if Prima was aimed to be just a Voyager, and maybe she has some other gimmick that ties back into all the Primes. Or were the primes going to get actual to- like transforming toys? I, I at don't one think point. That the primes are going to get transforming toys because the way that, that it follows on from the head map, this would have to be so incredibly early that they were spitballing. But I, I still don't think that it would would have been that. That looks like that looks like though one of the primes as a standalone transforming toy. Right. And I mean, like, I'm, would I'm, there maybe I, have been like four or five of those? I maybe. But I'm thinking that with the way that the Prime Masters followed on so much from the Headmasters, that I would I would wager that that was the plan all along, versus something that came in later. Now I could see that like maybe they had different ideas, like maybe that whole Matrix was the Prime Master because it kind of looks like the bottom of that might be legs. Yeah, and maybe that was going to be what it was, and then it got scaled back. Yeah, like a transforming matrix type thing, Cause, right? Because this art would have ostensibly this art to me would have been from what at least a year ago, if not two years uh, ago, probably eighteen months to two years out. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I, I'm just wondering if at some point the art exists at least for like 
What if we were to try, like, you know, on a very spitball level, what if we just figured out how do we make a line out of 13 of the 13 filling out Deluxe, Voyager, and Leader? Uh, and I'm curious what that could have looked like, and I, if that art exists, I hope we get to see it someday. Um, and also, it makes me a little bit sourpuss, because I'm like, the Primes are literally the worst part of Power of the Primes. Yeah. They are toys people are collecting for the Pretender shells, not for the actual characters they're supposed to quote-unquote be for a yeah. gimmick that is completely uh, hand-wavy with no mechanical integration outside of jam the thing in a socket. Uh, so but we're that, going that to give you a dummy blank anytime we give you a real version of the socket. The whole thing just feels like this this weirdly half-done thing that somehow then became Combiner Wars Volume 2. Or Combiner, not Volume 2, Combiner Wars The Appendix Yeah, at the same time. Um, also in this photo, I really got to throw, I just noticed this. They jammed two dino, uh, uh, Dinobot swords in as, as extra winglets mm-hmm. into the back of those Dinobots. Yeah, they got to provide lift somehow. That's a heavy, that's a heavy space Winnebago to try and uh, yeah. get airborne. That's so cute. That's like the kind of thing I do with, with leftover weapons. If there's like enough ports, um, I'm into it. Uh, TJ, talking about this, this, this Prima looking jet, among other things, um, how are you feeling about this this whole notion? God, I wanted this Prima so much. It looks so cool. The mm-hmm. color yeah. palette's so wicked. Yeah, I love the I love the color palette. I love how different the design is compared to what we've been getting. Because like this this kind of strikes me a lot more Cybertronian than some of the things that we're getting in the line coming up. That's all about Cybertronian. Yeah, like who? Wh- which artist worked on this, and, and why'd you tell him to do something different? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, just the gumption of a matrix of leader, like a giant matrix of leadership, where the handles are actually limbs, and it's just straight up a robot with a matrix for a torso. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's cool. That's what I. That's what I think when I think of the description of the Prime Master gimmick. Uh, yeah, like that would have been neat. It would have been neat. Like you just have different designs of matrixes that were just little bots that ran around. It just feels more risky in a way I enjoy too. Like. The way they did them was so low risk in a way that I think is personified by the fact that most people are buying those Prime Masters as little pretenders. Yeah, uh, spoiler for what we got. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh-huh. So who who hasn't been picking those things up? You know, even me, the guy who keeps poo-pooing on them constantly. Uh, but, like, yeah, this is, I don't know. I'm not saying give me this Voyager Prima, but I'm just saying if the Prime Masters turned into Matrixes, that would have been really cool, too. Um, probably a, you know, would have had to sacrifice the pretender gimmick and I'll be the unpopular one here oh no what a shame that would have been <laughs> I know well, a lot of people like if, pretender shells especially but... if like the way that all the leaders and up have the like plug in matrix thing anyway like if the whole thing just plugged in there yeah yeah like I, I, I'm not begrudging you your pretender shells, and I wish for you to have them. I think that they're very cute. If that, if that could have somehow been that whole thing, could have chucked the pretender shells and taken all that putty and made them into little matrix leaderships that grew limbs, I, I think that would have been so much more interesting uh, to me. Um, so utterly selfishly, I wish all your pretenders didn't exist. Let's 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 bump up to the uh, to the, the Star Saber Star Scream because uh, TJ, let's just bop right over to you. What was it like to see the toy that you and I literally thought was in Wave Four that they just hadn't mm-hmm. shown yet, sitting there as concept art, not just as Star Saber, it's repaint into Star Scream. It's just sitting there. 
as concept art. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Maybe if you'd gotten the vote out for the fan created bot this time around. I know, I know, it was me. I failed. I failed you. I failed yeah. you all, Star Saber fans. It's Thanks. It's all on me. God. Well, let's let's be fair here. That's not a leader class toy that's sitting on top of Rodimus there. Like that. Lo- that looks. Okay, looks closer to Voyager compared with the Jazz and Red Wings. You there. don't know how much is hanging off the back. Yeah, that could just be super imbalanced. Like, if that was a physical toy, it just tips backwards when you put it down. <laughs> but it, it, it occurs to me, it does occur to me that whatever they were planning for Starscream was going to be a repaint of someone else the mold is designed for. It just happened to be at one time it was going to be a Star Saber. And this time it ended which, up being Alita 1 instead. It, it, probably a better prospect because that Starscream and Star Saber would have looked very identical. Yeah, yeah, like it's go from white to off gray, basically. Yeah, essentially. Um, but it, it is kind of cool to see that like every version of him has basically in this line was, was a redeco because like in my opinion, Alita One is that toy, and Star yeah. uh, Starscream is the kind of weaker use of it. Yeah, uh, well, it, it yeah. feels like the pre-tool. It feels like yeah, we intended for it to be this character, but we're gonna get the noteworthy character out there to make sure the mold sells first. Yeah. I don't know, like, there's just part of me that would have loved the idea of, like, a Starscream and a Star Saber sharing a mold and storyline potential for what that could mean. Even though this is Generation 1 base, that would never happen. There there was some coolness there for me, just for a little bit. I still feel optimistic because, to me, this says Star Saber was there in a piece of artwork and was there in a concepting stage at yeah. some point. And yeah. given how much Power of the Primes feels like, it definitely was cut short before it was supposed to be cut short. Yeah. Um, especially when you look at the contents of Deluxe Wave 4. It makes me hopeful that Star Saber may well have just transitioned his way over to that next trilogy, and maybe he's going to be tooled up some more, worked on some more. He's in the pipeline in a way that makes me very optimistic we'll see a Star Saber before that next trilogy is over. Um, I mean, and that's the thing is, I've got to wager that when it got to the fan voted stage that they had plans for every one of those. They probably hadn't gotten to physical yet, but they may well have had like first generation um, like CAD models of the very rough arms go here, legs go here, this crunches down this shape to that shape. And, I mean, look yeah. who's in Wave 1 of Siege. Hound, one of the voting options, right? Yeah, yeah. The one He's... we were joking about. I was like, why is Hound potentially a prime now? Yeah. Because we got this deluxe all ready to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think this like this artwork is, is super cool. I, and I don't mean to glaze over the part where we're seeing, like, you know, a pair of hands picking up or holding onto Rodimus' shoulders like a parent. It's just there's there's less, I think... Aside from the fact that those look like hands, there's less to say for me. I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that robot mode picture? Not really. I th- I think that it's, again, it kind of shows because that also looks like the feet are maybe yeah, bigger say, yeah. size, too. So I don't know if there was potentially the thought of, like, <clears throat> like Voyagers all coming together, maybe, rather than Voyager torso deluxe limbs again, or if they yeah, had I- other other ideas along the way that just kind I, of I would, I would fell be off unsurprised if, if Voyager limbs have, has not 
or I would be surprised if Voyager Limbs has not existed at least in concept art at some point. Yeah. To like maybe even just to say this is why we can't do it. Right. Uh or yeah, that's that's the the engineering line that they ran down of like, okay, this is what it would look like. This is what the 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 scales would be. This is what the price point would be and this is why we can't do it. Yeah, and then maybe bouncing off that, here's how we can scale back stuff on, you know, corners X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, sorry. Uh, and that's how we right can end up time. with a Predaking, you know? Like, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll tweak back here, here, and here, and then we can fit it into a Titan class package. Um, my last question is, what is that little blue and white and gold gun on the Prima vehicle picture that's sitting on top of Rodimus's Winnebago canopy? That looks like a little, is that a little Target Master? Because that doesn't look like anything. I I assumed it was just a combined gun. Oh yeah, you can kind of see on the blue bits. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I know. I know. I thought cooler in there was seeing Swoop with like a skull head. Oh yeah. Yeah, the different head on <laughs> Swoop and the fact that he has like underslug missile weapons and a wingspan. And and a real wingspan, yeah. Yeah. I I'm really sure that those missile weapons given cuz there's ports there, right? Yeah. Um. Or wait, am I misremembering? Did he come with? No, he came with a sword, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Sorry, missile weapons were the thing that Fake Busker made. But yeah, it, I, this makes me think like, yeah, those ports are there for an accessory that eventually got axed. Um, like maybe they figured giving him missiles was less exciting for his robot mode than giving him a sword. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why would Why would we give missiles to the bombardier? Yeah, he can bomb people with swords. It's way scarier. <laughs> Someone's just dropping swords on you from the sky. Why is he doing this? Oh God, the swords are exploding! <laughs> it's like okay, they don't they don't explode, but like if you get hit by one of those, that's just a real nasty way to go. A sword through the back of, back top of your head. Um. Also, I, I'll also say like the the vehicle mode with um all the jets and jazz attached. Jazz is certainly kind of just occupying a space. Um, but I really like the triple decker stacked wing look of the folded back uh dreadwing wings, and then like you know the, the starscream wing at the top back. Like there's. There's something cool going on there. I saw a good hypothesis. Like, you can kind of tell from the Dinobot attachment um, that the probably the idea was to have Combiner Wars sockets on the leader toys. Yeah. Uh, just so you could, like, jam on the deluxes. And I, you know, those things have enough extra moving bits in them. I can see why it would get axed. But I'm also sitting there like, that would have been kind of cool. Uh, what if they could, just, like, I mean, all of the toys now are coming with, like, the flight stand ports? What if they Those just aren't had... going to hold a figure on What if they though? just like had... The... The, the whole point is that it holds a figure. Yeah, but the, the, the whole point is it, it it plugs a figure onto a stick. If you're going to yeah. have, like, two actual weighty figures held together sideways with one of those tiny pegs, like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it would need to be, like, that's the mounting point before you lock in the other three things. Yeah, maybe. And then and then you look at you look at poor Darkwing and, and Dreadwind and how they combine via a peg. Uh... And maybe it's for the better. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad these videos are still coming out, no matter how bare bones they are. Uh, poor John Warden's just, like, getting put on the teleprompter, and, and ain't nobody hiding nothing. Uh, but, I, you know, sliding in that concept art, wh whoever made that decision, thank you, and please keep doing more of it. Slide in even more of it. It just has to be on screen for about 14 frames um, uninterrupted, and we can screen cap it. So just jam in even more. Just pile in that concept art, please. Please and thank you. Um, 
How about you guys? Any other thoughts on on the leak from Cybertron video? I don't, I don't remember anything else really interesting coming out of it. Uh, not uh, terribly. It's a leader class, uh, power of the primes, evolution, hot rod Rodimus Prime can convert from car to robot to bigger robot. That's all I remember. Anyway, moving on. We have another listener question. This one uh, is coming in from Kevin Sig. Uh, and I'll just I'll pop this one out for us. Uh, due to Autobot Megatron's current status of existing in the Functionist universe in IDW Comics, do you think he'll be spared from the coming Unicron catastrophe? This question came in uh, a couple weeks ago, July 20. What I'll say is that question has been answered. Um... Kevin Sig did uh, say, personally speaking, I like the idea of leaving a loophole in place just in case IDW finds the need to pull elements from prior works. Uh, John Barber got all your loopholes and he's currently using all of them. So we'll, let's just wait and see what the end of Unicron looks like. Um, incidentally, uh, I saw on Twitter the release schedule changed again for the upcoming Transformers books. And now the final issue of all three remaining Transformers series is coming out on the same Wednesday. That's going to be a hard Wednesday. I really was into the idea that we'd get, like, Unicron 6, then, like, Optimus Prime 25, then Lost Light 25. Now it's just gonna be like, here, have three finales. Just, uh, take a day off and go go get a box of Kleenex. It'll probably be emotional. Uh, that's gonna be a hard Wednesday, and I don't want to go through it. <laughs> but I don't want to pace them out either. I'm, that's gonna be, like, I'm gonna stay up till three in the morning, read all the books, and then just, like, have a BoJack Horseman post game of, like, I'm just gonna stare at the ceiling for a day or so. Um, but follow-up question we can actually answer. Uh, are there any characters that you would like to see flee the Unigeddon clunk? Um, I have plenty of characters I'd like to see flee the Unigeddon. I'll, I'll just say my two. And I don't think that they're safe. Um, but I would like to see Star Drive and Centurion be perhaps even the lone survivors. Because I like those two characters a lot and I like what they represent as far as like fresh new characters who are uh, also tied into um, the remnants of the Hasbroverse attempt. I really like how those two actually came out of the oven pretty decently. So I hope they're safe. TJ, is there anyone you really hope is safe from all this? You know, I mean, truth be told, like, okay, okay, when we say this, like, fleeing the Unigeddon, do we mean, like, these are people who are going to show back up in the next universe, or is the literally the same person? I think it's more just, like, they aren't going to be killed during the next, what, f uh, month and a half, two months. <laughs> what month? Yeah, two months. There, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of answers to that. There's a yeah. lot of characters I'm really attached to. At the same time, I respect any writer who decides to write a definitive end to their creation. Yeah. Like there's there's no loophole here. There is no, well, we're going to leave a little bit dangling just so, just in case. No. You know, to be able to just cap it and go, that's it. That's a tough decision for a writer to make. And it's one I respect when they can make it. Yeah, it's like it's like so. we, like I was saying. I know lots of my favorite characters probably ain't going to survive this thing. Uh, it's more so how how do they not survive, and is it at least cool? Uh, 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 yeah, See, like I'm trying to think of just like who I would want to survive in particular. Like I don't want their characterization messed up. I yeah. want them to be a. You, I the think it's one like, that okay, comes to mind. Or good, good, good. The one that comes to mind the most is I want Thundercracker. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually get mad if Thundercracker dies on panel or off panel. Like, I'm going to... That's going to be like, I can't... I got to actually stay away from John Barber's Q&A at whatever the next convention is for a year. Because, like, I can't be the one who just goes like, why Why did you actually sink a knife into my chest? Mm-hmm. Uh, Th- Thundercracker deserves to be the sole survivor of, of all of this. Um, like, there's There's part of me that would love it if, like... You know, because we're doing like reality riffs, we're doing time travel. There's part of me that would just love if this Thundercracker like survives the onslaught and gets flung into the new IDW verse. Yeah, he's like, just uh, so- <laughs> I was trying to think, there's, there's a DC character who's been like that, like they're the remnant character from the previous continuity. Um, you think of it, he's the movie writer. Yeah. So he's writing all these fictional stories for, for this new universe on Cybertron, except they're all real. Yeah, he's just, just yeah, he's, telling he's the his backstory. <laughs> ah, that'd be cool. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that would be cool. I don't even know if it's feasible, but it'd be cool. Um, I was going to say, like, as far as like a definer for your, for what you'd want out of a character surviving, like Kevin Sig's example is like, what if you know, in a few years, they decide they're going to revisit the old universe and just see what's going on there. Um, and maybe you'd want to have characters available for that. Like, I think that's that's kind of the baseline thinking. Oh yeah. Um, Aaron, what about you? Is there anyone that you really just don't want to see come to harm? Uh, Unfortunately, I've not picked up comics in a while. Oh, no. So knowing where that line is is maybe falling back a bit. Oh, whatever. Just say some names. We'll be fine. I, I, no, I don't want to. It's you too, a fan of Wheeljack too, at all? Too da- dangerous. Wheeljack? Wasn't he dead already? No, he, he got brought back to life. Okay. Um, how about Cliff Jumper? You a fan of Cliff Jumper at all? Has he rest, been rest cue perhaps in, in around? Any? Not really. How about really. Bumblebee? Yeah, I want sh- Bumblebee to live. Tell me, tell me he lives through the whole line. I got some oh, good news oh, wait. for you. I got some good news for you. Um, all right, so Aaron's too far behind. <laughs> um, actually, Aaron, have you gotten to read any of the Unicron books? Like even the number no. zero? Nope. Okay. It was uh, it was the week before that all hit is when I got my big uh chunk of comics and since then I've been working way too many hours and then had other conventions and At least that and, means you can actually like read Optimus Prime in time with Unicron because it, it lagged behind for a good couple issues. Yeah. Um which is kinda cool because the, the catch up issue actually is like half the issues before the free comic book day number zero of Unicron then the other half of the issues like after it um, and there's just a little box in the bottom going like hey you might want to go read free comic book day Unicron if you haven't already um, well without, without getting plotty about it uh, TJ have you been keeping up with Unicron uh, yep then the one thing I think we can talk about for just a second here can we like friggin figure out how to give Alex Milne a round of applause for the sheer friggin amount of stuff he's been drawing in every single issue? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. my God! <laughs> Those panels are caked with detail. I mean, it's the last chance to work in the universe. You don't want to hold anything back. But he's a human being who's drawing this stuff. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to disagree on that. He's clearly not. <laughs> like, if if you have been ke- keeping up with Unicron and you haven't felt this way, please go back and just start looking at panels. 
Um, Alex Milne is is putting in a performance of a lifetime here as far as sheer endurance. And I really want that to be recognized. Like, perhaps there has been, like, deeper moments of emotion in some of his work in, in Rom vs. Transformers and in, in More Than Meets the Eye. Absolutely, I can see arguments for that. But look at Unicron and just look at the amount of friggin' work he's doing as, I believe, a dude who does his own inking as well. Uh, like, it's it's astonishing to me that his hand works at all. I know he's tweeted he's every now and then had some pretty bad cramps. Um, also, the reveal... How do I put this? TJ, you know what I mean, right? When, when, because uh, the Maximals have been a thing in IDW now for about a year. When, when the Maximals kind of, kind of pulled off the mask in a way, and we, we got to see something that was literally like, what if the Maximals became harder for Alex to draw? Was basically the reveal. Um, like, I don't even know how to put it any other <laughs> way. It's just like, I when I saw that, I was like, this looks so cool. Also, how did Alex not, like, literally friggin' try to hit John Barber with a shovel when he was told what he had to do with these things? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, I'm really digging Unicron. Uh, with, with the caveat that, obviously, it is a big event, and big events will always have a certain ceiling on what they're able to accomplish as single-issue reads. Uh, but Unicron to me is like really for one last time showing that this group figured out how to do events with their Transformers books and learned a lot of lessons from Dark Cybertron like even to this day um, and yeah I'm, 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 I've been generally enjoying it uh, without wanting to die on a hill for a couple things I know some folks are really not into uh, and that's all I'll say um, that brings us to our last listener question. Aaron, I wanted you to read this one from Mr. Biatis. Hey. Wow, the one with all the words on it. Okay. Yep. Uh, listener question from Mr. Biatis, July 21st, 2018. Hello again, WTF at TFW. Before I get into my question, let first join the numerous people before me in wishing you a happy 10th anniversary. Oh, thanks. Earlier belated, depending on when this is read. In this well, we- month. Yeah, we decided that the 10th anniversary is kind of a nebulous cloud, which in future I'm probably going to decide is just this entire year. Yep. So don't worry about and it. And I've already mm-hmm. seen people saying that I've done more for it than you have, so that's cool. This yeah. show was the first podcast I ever listened to way back when I was 14 in November 2008. And so far, it's the only podcast to withstand all of my changing tastes and interests over the past decade. And I hope the show goes on for many more years. And if Aaron pipes up with some sarcastic comment about having done this so- show for so long, kindly tell him to shut it. I'm, I'm good. What if he pops up with a sarcastic comment about doing more for the 10th anniversary than yeah. I did? What we- how, how, yeah. how, how many lost hosts have you brought back <laughs> true uh also i just want to say you were 14 when you first listened to this yeah and he's 24 now uh, your life's just started man enjoy it my god uh on to his question ever since i've been a, a part of this fandom i've always seen some variation of this f- phrase so and so needs a toy it wasn't until the last few years that i started to think about why people say that obviously the go-to is that people like the character and or its design but to me that doesn't answer why a toy is needed because for me personally i am capable of enjoying characters and designs without wanting or needing a toy of it however i feel like i might be in the minority mainly because of the massive growth of the collector market in the past several years not just in transformers seemingly trying to churn out merchandise of whatever has a chance of selling 
My question to you is, what is your thought process slash your checklist slash your reasoning slash your whatever it may be when you think or say so-and-so needs a toy? I suppose additional questions to consider would be, how much does nostalgia factor into your thoughts, if at all? Does having a representation of a character design make you appreciate it more? Is there a character design that you would that you like that hasn't gotten a toy yet, and what would a toy have to do right in order to do the character design justice? And then, well, that's my question. Sorry if it was long. Just chalk it up to me wanting to ask something special for your 10th anniversary. What I just want to quickly throw in here is that some of those um, ancillary questions are kind of the core of the why do we uh, enjoy the toy panels I've been doing, and the responses I've gotten are fascinating. And if you haven't checked those panels out, if you have an interest in, in that kind of psychology of collecting stuff, I would recommend, as I get more of them edited together, like like checking them out, because people in the audience have given me so much interesting putty to, to work with as far as like learning about why people enjoy things. It's It's been amazing to hear the various reasons, and it's also been inspiring to see how ready people are to share them when they are just asked, like, hey, why do you like this? And like like people just having their epiphanies right there in their seats and just going on for like five minutes. It's it's amazing. So 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 that Chris doesn't sound like a shill, I will back that up. I've I've gone and I've sat in a couple of those panels and I've gone and I've watched those videos and uh what he's saying isn't just, hey, watch my stuff, shill. Um it's they exactly. ha- there have been some good discussions uh along that line. It isn't just what watch my stuff shill, it is in fact simultaneously watch my stuff show yeah um for me a lot of the process of what needs a toy would be characters that have uh been around more and maybe haven't had the best maybe haven't had a toy representation or maybe not the best toy representation let me let me expand on that just for a sec though because i want to ask something because because mr bad has presented a really good basis for this Mm mm-hmm um, how do I put this as a question? What about that character is missing for you appreciating that character with them not having a toy yet? So I think that's the really interesting question because I'm sitting here kind of asking it to myself. It's like I say this about, for instance, in IDW, Aileron, Star Drive, and Centurion. I want comic accurate figures of all three at around about the Voyager scale. Um, and I, and I, I am harping on about it all the time. And I, you know, I like those characters a lot. Why do I need a physical representation of them to feel like like I have more so completed liking them that much? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is, is for me at least, if you're going to get into it, it, it has to do with, with the roots of how I got into Transformers in the first place, which is being a kid who thought toys turning into things is cool. Uh, and then parallel to that, getting into the characters, some of whom, like Star Drive, for instance, are based on the fact that they are a character who transforms into different things. And then you fuse the two together, and I guess there is a baseline where, for me, the enjoyment of a Transformers character specifically is not only that they're really cool, but that I have a physical representation of their conversion process and their emotive character when they're in their robot form that satisfies me on those levels. And I think I think that's where I'm coming from on that stuff. Um, I think you're in fact in a in a superior position if you don't need a toy of a character to continue loving that character yeah. fully. I guess because because yeah, you then you are just you are satisfied. You are fully loving the character. Whereas me, Star Drive is awesome. She's barely been in the comics. She's awesome, and I feel like I have not finished that 
love of the character. Not even, not finished, I guess, but I have not completed a circle of that love for the character until a triple-changing Star Drive figure exists who satisfies my personal needs of a figure like that. Um, this is, though, a valuable, valuable question I think people should ask themselves, because it is also a way to talk yourself out of buying stuff. Yeah. Um... Uh, if you feel like you can love a character without owning merch of them. And I, I certainly, I still end up wanting a posable figure of characters because I think that's like my baseline enjoyment of media is the fusion because I, I, you know, I was f successfully brainwashed by toy commercial cartoons. I like to enjoy a character and have a physical manifestation of them that I can manipulate myself. Um, but I know I need to enjoy manipulating them myself. That's why when people say, hey, you want to get this John Wick Funko Pop? It's like, absolutely not. Uh, because that will not satisfy my needs whatsoever. It is a, a, a little thing with beady eyes that doesn't move. Uh, it, it does not satisfy what I want out of a physical John Wick on my desk. Um, I'm still actually also trying to figure out the nostalgia thing, because I have a whole train of thought about that. TJ, uh, I'll swing around to you if you're here. Oh, yeah. Still and here. Uh, see, I, I want to know what your answer to this question is on a, at least a base level. For me, I don't, I don't know if it even counts as a checklist so much. It's just for me. For me, it comes down to I have this collection of characters from the original series, or character, or just just a set. Let's just say it's a particular set. Yeah. You know, in some cases, it might just be a set of like two hundred characters, but it's still a set. Thank you, Cybertron, for coming up with entire casts of planetary populations that actually all got made into toys. Yes. That's the second answer. I mean, who's he anyway? Some Earthling. <laughs> I'm doing air quotes as an... Anyway. But for for me, it's like, who who here is... Who here... Like, who here is missing? Like, if I look at all my G1 era toys, classics and beyond, I look at this shelf, like, who is missing a good new toy that represents them you know and in my head thing you know things still pop out at me like i still don't have a an iron hide that fits that mold that i'm happy with mm -hmm. you know the siege one might come close-ish still not that old style van but i will take it because it looks better than what we have now right um someone's uh, gonna someone's gonna ask it where does masterpiece iron hide not fit into that equation for you in my head, there's in in my head there's different structures mm -hmm. to like where this kind of fits in because it'd be hard to argue that like if I set my masterpiece Ironhide into my classics shelf that it's a perfect blend. Oh, okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's tiers to this. There's like there's G one, there's modern, and then there's masterpiece. Yeah, so I'm looking for things that fit into that modern design aesthetic and engineering level. You know, same way, like, the big one I champion all the time is Cliffjumper. Because mm -hmm. there's one of the originals, and the best he has is a straight-up Bumblebee repaint. Several straight-up Bumblebee repaints. He's never had a toy since G1 that was uniquely his. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th I wonder if with a different head... Actually, wait, did he come out with a different head? I'm having a real, am I making this up moment. The deluxe first edition, or... You know the Prime Cliff Jumper toys. Prime Cliff Jumper did come with, did eventually get a cl or a, a cloud. Uh, no, the glo the global figure. Yeah, the, yeah, the Chinese oh, yeah, oriented. Yeah. yeah, he did come. Yeah, he did get. It's the same toy. It's got a G one head, but even then, that's still not the G one Cliff Jumper. 
Okay. Like you slap a G1 head on it, but it in no way, shape, or form looks like the original Cliff Jumper after that. I had just this terrifying moment where I was like, did I just invent that toy existing or did that toy exist? I actually <laughs> don't know. Like, Yes, it, it, it came out in Toys R Us's for just a short little while. Oh, that was with, real. like, the weirdest wheelie toy ever. I love that wheelie, I will always remember because he comes with such a good slingshot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, he's part of my set of that Jazz Deluxe. <laughs> That, that imminently repaintable, it turned out, Jazz Deluxe. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, set completion is absolutely another baseline just for collecting in general. It is, in fact, one of the legitimate draws of Funko Pops, is if you see the Avengers and you're like, I want the Avengers in physical form on my shelf, there are fewer easier ways to get them than just buying the set of Funko Pops. I believe they even sell, like, box sets of the Funko Pops with, like, special special paint jobs or whatever. And, like, you can, in one fell swoop, finish the set. Uh, yeah. And, and I definitely... They're going good. I was going to say, it's, it's, not, it's not expensive to do it either. Whereas, like, you know, we're talking, like, 25 bucks to get a punch counterpunch to near completing a G1 set. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, Deluxe is basically being around 20 bucks now, uh, American or Canadian, you know, given sales, given where you go. Um... You know, it, it is it is a, a trickier thing, but I, but it also I think I think it is maybe the, when most people say so and so needs a toy from Transformers, they are often coming from a place of my set isn't complete yet. Right. Yeah. Um, like I will acknowledge, like my my checklist boils down to selfish choices. Because yeah, I want a G one reflector in in a modern toy. I know it will never sell, but I want it. <laughs> you want to because you want one who, me. You want one who turns into a camera. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. part where you're stuck right now. Because yeah, it's always been either he's going to turn into a truck, uh, and he doesn't get made, or he shockwave. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, TFC did a. It, it was marketed as masterpiece sized. But honestly, TFC did a reflector um, who turned into a modern DSLR, and I never, like, from what I heard, it was a bit overpriced when it came out. It went on clearance everywhere for a period. I don't know how readily available it still is, and I can't remember its name, but that was a lot more of a modernized take on reflector that I wonder if that fits in with a modern shelf. Like, a, I call it neoclassics most of the time, but... I can't quite remember what what the size was on those guys. I just remember they were marketed as masterpiece alike, but they aesthetically were super modern compared to, you know, cartoon accurate reflectors. Um, oh, I was going somewhere else with with this uh, set completion thing, but uh, I, oh yeah, I was going to say that's the basis of the current third party marketplace. The big push that I think is still the backbone of that marketplace: the the masterpiece alikes, the slot fillers. They are slot fillers. Ergo, they are there literally for set completion some of them feel half-baked because the people making them know that the folks who are after this stuff may just be fine with a a robot mode and then the rest of the toy can just do whatever it doesn't have to be fun doesn't have to be great it can just be fans toys version of rc um it can be fans toys version of cup it can be honestly what looks like fans toys version of hot rod their season three toys all look super jank to me having handled the rc and having seen how springer and cup work i'm like like they they are some of the most unfortunately cynical looking third-party toys i've seen in a good long time of like ah we got the robot mode get the rest of it to work i don't care they're gonna buy it like it's i don't know uh i want to be wrong about that hot rod but like that rc 
I think I said this on Twitter, and I said it here, that RC has such good ideas with literally zero connective tissue that it felt like they got the robot mode, they kind of started the rest of it, and went like, you know, the robot mode looks good enough. The car mode doesn't have legs on the back. Let's just go with it. Uh, they'll buy it. It's slot filler, and that is a bummer to me. Um, which, unfortunately, is rooted in set completion, which is valid. Uh, anyway, I feel like I can keep rambling about this question for a good long time, and I don't want to keep us all stuck here. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on this or any of those those ancillary questions? Anything? Not really. Set a thought um, like I said, my, my whole train is just along the lines of, you know, <clears throat> it is, is, is there a good representation of it for if it even needs a toy I'm fine with characters not having toys sometimes because maybe their design just isn't terribly toyetic but it's still a good character would I want mm. something that's like mangled in order to have a toy like how how would what what would you do for Rung since his whole thing is that like he doesn't well, have I well okay that's a very specifically difficult <laughs> question to answer right now right <laughs> I think he could, but I I cannot explain to you why right now. Uh, as of... is it because I'm behind on comics? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but still, okay. And and let does it make a normal alt mode thing that would be a I, for sale toy? I think we'll find out in the next three issues. Okay. Is the best way I can explain this. He is currently in a position of flux until Lost Light is over. Is what I'll say. Um, I what I, what I'm saying but is yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it, it's, like, he's he doesn't turn into a car or a plane or a or an, another thing that's a toyetic thing. This this is where I basically would say, as of Mastermind Creations reformatted line going in the directions it's gone, that is the place for those figures to happen right now. Right, but um, then again, that's somebody else outside of Hasbro. Oh, I mean, I mean. I and took, then you I can get into, value, and then you can get into layers of anything. Like that. That's. I don't expect Hasbro will ever do a satisfying um, Centurion, Aileron, or Star Drive. Those three characters, I only expect to see come out of a third party effort. Yeah. Um, I, I, I. I mean, maybe Aileron. Well, she's the kind of character who I think could transcend her way into something like Cyberverse. But like Star Drive and Centurion are. In many ways, I don't think they're even feasible for the main line as concepts. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, like maybe Star Drive, but only in one certain color scheme. And I would want like Star. I was thinking about this the other day. Star Drive is a toy I'd want to come out as a toy who's about 120 bucks, about about large deluxe to Voyager scale, and I would readily buy two versions of her: one in silver, one in blue. Um, and at the total selfish thinking, but I was sitting there spitballing ideas, and like that's where I was coming from. But yeah, for, for this question, I, I think that the, the whole so-and-so needs a toy, that is a question that's so couched in the third-party sub-forum, and has been for like half a decade at least. Like, yeah. it's sort of, that, that, that's part of the question um, to me. Because if it's going to be, does so-and-so deserve an official Hasbro or Takara Tomy toy, that is a different question. It's also a lot... That's a question where you can come up with a lot of reasons to say no. Um... Which you know, I don't know. Maybe it's 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 kind of a fun mental exercise, but it's, it's sort of couched in a negativity as well. <laughs> That's that could be a bit of a bummer. Uh, anyway, what I'll say is thank you for this question. Thank you for listening for so long, uh, and and uh, I am I am always ready to have long hand wavy conversations about collector psychology because I think it's incredibly important for collectors to think about why they buy stuff. 
Uh, even if it just ends up being, I just buy stuff because I like it. Like, if you can think of a reason why you like it or reasons why you like it specifically, I think it's safer in a way to have that self-awareness. Uh, that, that's, what was it? My friend said self-psychology. Uh, like to, to kind of know how your brain is working. It's a way to avoid buying stuff and then sitting there wondering why you actually bought it, which I know a lot of collectors go through at one point or another. Uh, and and etc etc go watch my panels I should go edit the other two of them um let's go into uh what we got this week uh let's let's throw the question out there did anyone get I know someone got a transformer this week uh so before we get into the big one I'm gonna say Aaron did you get any transformers this week I did uh are they very big or are they very normal uh I got a a, a big one and a, a medium one and a couple of smaller ones uh, let's talk about your couple of smaller ones. Okay. I got the Amazon Blastoff and Repugnus. Sweet. And I got, uh, Blastoff is that Blastoff mold that I finally have one of. And Repugnus came in a demolished Re- box that was... Repugnus came in a crushed box that took, uh, way too long to get Amazon to go, yeah, really, we shouldn't have delivered that box in a bag so that it can get crushed. So FYI. Yeah. Refund? Repugnus ships in a bookcase box. When Aaron bought it off Amazon, they put it in a bag like they would for a T-shirt and put that yep. in the mail system. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did it to my Blastoff and my Repugnus. God, that's just the worst. That's <laughs> like people said. So I'll, I'll lay out the, tra- the train of thought I saw just to, to get it out of the way because it's valid. People said, "Aren't you going to open it anyway?" It's like, yes. However. For very specifically for those three Amazon exclusives, the boxes are kind of part of the feature, and yep. and uh-huh. very well. Aaron probably was going to chuck the Repugnus box anyway, but he does not now have a choice. And also for a box where they are selling posters and T-shirts of the artwork of the box, those were not boxes to ship in bags. <laughs> right, uh, and like I said, especially since I recently ordered some watch batteries. And those watch batteries came in a box that would have perfectly fit this Repugnus box. Those watch batteries cost like $6 for the set of four. Like, somewhere in a factory there, or in the warehouse, there's got to be some, like, layer of this not that for reasons mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm, I'm fascinated to know how uh, the Amazon Nemesis Prime comes in an individual shipping box while mm-hmm. those other Amazon exclusives don't um, something about that also made me kind of squint an eye there is such a part of me that wants to know if anyone out there ordered one of the character art t-shirts did it come in a box <laughs> or a bubble mailer if it came in a box I am so mad <laughs> Uh, I should also say Aaron got a full refund on his repugnance. Yeah, so, so it was after I actually got the, hey, email us, and I sent them everything, I got the response of like, yeah, no, that's really not the way that it should have been done. Uh, here's here's a refund, and if you find it at a price you want to pay for it, we'll give you free overnight shipping. Yeah, because so, their, their first uh, response was, oh, it's still in stock, just buy another one and send us that one yeah. back. And it's like, it's in stock from third-party sellers who want triple the price. Yep. Do you know how your own website works? <laughs> but no. So uh, Repugnus is that same mold redone, except for now he has like bug hands that become chest panels and a headpiece that clumps over the top rather than like dragon heads or something else. 
I sure would like to see what that looks like in person someday. Yeah, I I think I need to dig through and find the like repugnous um, headmaster that came out before and use that oh. head because the all yellow head is not so great. No, no, the big shades eyes look infinitely better. Uh, just just for the shape of that body, even. Yeah, he looks like a weird dude in cosplay when he doesn't have the big shades eyes. Yep. Um, but yes, that's that's repugnous. Uh, blast off. Uh, it definitely seems like the instructions don't tell the whole tale of the of the toy. Um, I'd it, like to maybe see a copy of the Japanese instructions because they, yeah. like the way that the nose of the jet can condense down in further into the the like the just behind the cockpit area that is not shown at all in the instructions. Yeah, that's a, a an oddly complicated toy and also there's a lot about him that toy actually falls short in a lot of places where it looks like something does a lot but it actually only does about half that much. Mhm. Um like for instance a big example is that weird flap his head is on. Uh yeah. doesn't actually fold up nicely ever. Yeah. It's always kind of hovering. You aren't doing anything wrong. Yeah, that's I I did like two or three rounds of like man, it really seems like when it's like this, that should be able to fold back and and tuck in there for something else. And the answer every time has been nah. The that's the, the, the the flaps to the side to like behind the cockpit that feel like they should either click out or in that don't. They just kind of hang out in space. Yeah, that that toy was a very janky feeling toy. Um, when I got Unite Warriors Bruticus, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually the, the, the Baldigus version had way better tolerances in my opinion. Uh, the Blastoff yeah, well, version I, was real jank. I don't think it's really a tolerance issue. It's just that I think that there's a lot of other engineering in here that just isn't like made clear. Oh yeah. And also he's got a modern instruction sheet, right? Like a modern Hasbro yeah. instruction sheets. So that's got to be helpful. Well, those but, instruction sheets are slightly better than the normal Hasbro instruction sheets. But again, when our base is the, uh, the, the standard Hasbro sheets of now, it's not like it's that far advanced. Yeah. We're talking in granular terms about degrees of feces, basically. Yeah. From, from fresh in the bowl to floating in the sewage. And it's <laughs> at a certain point, we're just Dude, like... you know what happened in my basement. Why are you bringing it up? I didn't know it was sewage. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was, I was literally shoveling today. Uh, uh. All right, you know what? Aaron's right. Whatever Aaron just said, he's correct. Uh, <laughs> he's <laughs> uh, well, I hope that you're... Pu- I hope you guys get punch counter punch. Hopefully, in a box still shaped like a rectangle. That would be a really nice <laughs> yeah. finale to this. Yeah, I'll just I'll just crush it and get another refund. <laughs> yeah, just pre crush it. It's like hey, yeah. Um, you know what? Hammer Am- for I'm waiting for a new toy to come in. Yeah, feel, don't feel bad about it. Amazon has it coming. Um, Aaron, before we do some more of yours, I really want to bump over to TJ because TJ, I believe you got a main event of a toy, and I, I, I like talking about it. I mean. I got a repugnance too. If we want to, I mean, we we have. I can the talk about the about... one. I can talk about the one. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, masterpiece reptile came in. Yes. Uh, excellent. Nice. New Mortal Kombat toy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I saw you. Uh, you you opened the door, got on the floor. Everybody lubed your dinosaur. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, it's a saw that joke on Twitter, too. I'm just trying to make sure that the earworm never goes away, because it's never going away for me. And if I'm suffering, I will make sure you all suffer, too. Uh, yeah, I, like, whoever thought of that, I groan in your presence, but it's mostly because I didn't think of it first. It, it was the thing to do. Did you, so, so I, I don't believe you had a lubricant before, or did you use, like... Uh, no, because I never really... I came across a few squeaky joints before, but I never had any breakage issues or anything that felt like, oh, I need to fix that right now. Yeah. Um, something about a $200 transformer having one of those issues, though, kind of changed my mind. Did you did you try the joint at all before lubricating I, it? I did. I did. Like, I... Like after ever, like after he says, like it's kind of tightening up on people. Like, like, you know, and start flexing the arm at the at the transformation hinge. And like, no, that feels fine. It feels the same way as when I first transformed it. And then, like, literally a couple days later, I went to do it again, and like, oh, like it was sticking, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think people started to figure out what's happening is when you're moving it, something is making the spring inside come out of a certain seating. And it's it's starting to like twist a bit. Um, lubrication fixes it basically, but uh, something yeah, something just went wrong. I'm I'm convinced now that they used uh, the third party trick of like having the same tooling for both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some kind of the same tooling for both sides, where it's not working on one side. Um, but I was gonna say, what what lube did you get? Uh what a brand what's just what's your lube what's just... i mean it's it's 80 weight shock oil <laughs> all right so you're, you're going for the silicon it's good yeah a lot, a lot of people silicon. a lot of people have a real good time with that silicon you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. a lot of people are very real happy happy evenings with that silicon 80 weight yeah uh, lab tested from what it says on the bottle i just want people to just to finish the lascivious visual i'm licking my lips intently as i'm constantly saying lube and and enjoy consistent time after time and i'm maintaining eye contact with you while i'm doing it too and i'm leaning in a little closer conspiratorially but you can kind of smell the banaka on my breath uh warning keep out of reach of children i just like the fact they had to say lab tested (laughs) what's the alternate idea of like i don't know we just threw some stuff in this bottle (laughs) we just jammed some silicon we squeezed some silicon's oil came out and we put it in this bottle and we're pretty sure it works I mean, Greg whipped it up in his garage and said it worked. <laughs> he said it came out of the meth. You know, the meth, it's, it's not the meth. We sold the meth. This is the leftover stuff. It makes things slippery, you know? Put it in your RC cars. Um, all right, so you, yeah, you, so you settled the issue. Yeah. Um, so the issue aside, I guess, uh, how are you finding Masterpiece Dinobot? I don't know how this toy works. Yeah, he's magic. I know, like... <laughs> It's one of those toys where it's like, I can see all the processes as I'm doing it, but once the processes are done, I have no idea where it went. Well, it's like, you I, can, ha- I, uh, I like, say you can, you can see where stuff's going, but it's like, when you sit there and you think, someone came up with that idea. Yeah, like, so, someone figured out that that's how that needs to work, and somehow it all makes the shapes that it's supposed to make. Yeah. I didn't... Who th- who thought that big flat raptor head was going to be the belly of the toy in beast L- mode? Literally, it's the belly where where the two flaps it's made of invert positions to cover the eyeballs. Like that that is a beautiful piece in and of itself. Uh, and the robot mode leg transformation, like like that, someone just mathematically figured out we're gonna make the legs into this very specifically shaped lump. Mm-hmm. 
Like, like uh, I was telling someone, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or not, that leg transformation, it's not much um, when you look at it at first when it, for what I'm about to say, but if you think about the nature of that leg transformation, between that Masterpiece MP36 Megatron's legs, um, they are figuring out how to make a shape turn into a different shape on a whole nother level that I think yeah. is going to be a huge part of future Masterpiece toys. Like, yeah. this is this is opening doors for stuff like friggin' Terror Soar. Uh, like, 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 characters from Beast Wars especially, as the easy example, where it's like, you know, the limbs are erupting out of nowhere, or like, where did Terror Soar's wings go? And it's like, well, they just figured out how to make Dinobot's robot legs just sort of erupt out of the back of his dino mode uh, without them being obviously folded once over his dino belly. So, like, Stuff like Terror Soar feels so much more feasible to me now. Mm -hmm. Like, here's what it comes down to for me is how much of that Raptor just becomes part of the robot, either by turning inside out or being a pair of panels that fold together to make part of the leg. Yeah, there's very little like the Raptor head and arms and the parts off of the raptor's hips are about the only things that tuck away into the torso of the robot mode. The, yeah. Like when you see, like when you see the robot, it's like, oh, his back is really big. That's where all that panel and kibble is stuffing. There's really not that much in there. Yeah, it is like it's the head and the arms. Like if you're gonna yeah, actually just, name stuff. Yeah, it's just the shell of the arms, and I love how it just kind of tucks away into this perfectly shaped core around yeah. the raptor's head inside. I think it's an important distinction to make because it's kind of new in a way, at least the way Dinobot's doing it. Stuff that's turning inside out is not, to me, the same as shell forming. No. Because that that shell point is still there. Yeah, shell forming is literally just it's hanging off of him on a hinge. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. there's nowhere we could put it. We couldn't figure out to turn it into anything. It's just hanging off of him. It's like having a pretender who carries a shell with him. Yeah. Yeah, whereas, like, MP Dinobot, um, the, like, the torso of the raptor is kind of the torso of the robot. Yeah. It's just a lot of it flipped inside out. Uh, which, in a way, is kind of like like the the base idea of um, a lot of beast, beast formers where the beast head kind of switches places with the robot head. In a way, is like it's like the turning inside out, inside out concept, but Dinobot takes it to another level where, like, uh, his flanks are dino flanks. In a sense, the dinosaur parts on the inside now, and the robot parts on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a great transformer. Because you know the other thing about this toy I like? Once you've done the transformation once, and you know how it works, just like with MP36, more so in this case, it's not a hard transformation. Like, it's it's real easy to follow, I found. Yeah, like, there's a, there's a lot of little tiny things in the legs that you might miss on the first time yeah because there's like little joints for that are specifically for alignment to tuck away into beast mode but yeah like everything does something logical like for as much as i say like i transformed this raptor into dinobot and i don't know where the raptor went going back through it again i'm like oh right 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 i remember this and this and the boop 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 and I can follow it. Yeah. And I mean, and to, uh, to to lay things out as transparently as possible, Dinobot screen accurately also gets to do a massive cheat that saves him a lot of effort, which is his entire dino tail can just pop off. 
Oh uh, well, yeah, but uh, he d- he doesn't have is... to integrate it. So, <laughs> but that is also literally a feature and a weapon for him, so he gets away with it. Yeah, yeah, he he is fortunate yeah. in that he's allowed to do that. Much like Beast Wars Megatron is probably gonna have a really cool transformation. He also doesn't really have to hide the head or legs of his Dino Mode um, by virtue of how he was designed. Uh, and his yeah. t- his tail just has to, like his tail. I think has to stay attached. Like he can't just po- pop it off as easily. Like as with Dinobot, it's just not on him. And then he's wielding the entire tail as a weapon in a screen accurate way. Um, yeah. But like, I almost wonder if I've been looking at the toy. I have to figure it out. I almost wonder if there's a way. If you had a, a stubbier, less impressive tail, if it could have perfect transformed in there. Like I think the room is there for it to do it. Uh, given how much of this toy is stuff kind of spreading out and flipping over, like uh, a tail that doesn't have the weapon in it that's shorter, that just kind of like flips inside out and hugs the inside surfaces of whatever part of the Dinobot uh, robot mode those bits end up at. Like, I, I think it's even doable um, if one were to want to try. But yeah, it's a it's a good toy. Yeah, um, super impressive. Like, for me, that's the one in Beast Wars that, if you can get this right, you can make whoever in the cast you want. Yeah. this, like, by far is the one who cheats the most from one mode to the other. Like, like people are saying now, like, we really need a Masterpiece Rhinox. And A, I agree. And B, Masterpiece Rhinox is going to be a friggin' walk in the park to design compared to Dinobot, I think. I mean, I mean, we already came really <laughs> yeah. close on the Voyager. Yeah, yeah like, the, the Voyager looks really good. Pretty close. Like, like straight up, Wei, Wei Zhang, who are about to rebrand their, themselves, by the way, they said on, on Facebook, a uh, company like that, upscaling the Voyager, feels like a way to print money if they can do it before next year. Um, not saying that's going to be a good solution for everyone, and I think Generations Rhinox has issues, uh, and I'd like to see a Masterpiece take that is more magical, like Dinobot, but, like... I'm just so hyped because I'm like, Masterpiece Beast Wars, they just finished one of the hardest roadblocks they could have possibly run into. And it's open doors. The 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 mainframe CG models all feel doable now. Like, it, who 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 is left that feels like they might be hard to do compared to Dinobot? Uh, like, I think the only I think the only difficult one after this would be like Asmel 2 Black Arachnia, because she you know, all that spider shell just shrinks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literal visible mass shifting on that one. I think. I think the big question even is like, I almost want to contain the question to season one because like, if we're going to move into trans metals, it's also going to be like, will they do vac metal or are they going to find out a way to do metallics that don't chip off? Oh no, no, no! You do you do those metallics like the Cybertron Mega or Galvatron toy? It just looks super metallic. Please, but I I was thinking from from the season one Beast Wars cast like. I think Black Arachnia might be the next one who would be yeah. really hard. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm trying to think that... Air Razor. How much did she... Air Razor might be tough, too. She had a lot of robot parts that were not, yeah. not apparent in her hawk mode. If they can figure out how to have those robot parts spread out and then kind of turn inside out out of the mass of the beast mode wings... Yeah, because I'm sitting here looking at, like... As because her wings, I had to pull up an image for uh, for a visual for myself. Her wings collapsed way down, and her like hawk head becomes like entire torso. I think okay, so, so, it, would ha- so... it would have to do another Dinobot-ish trick of like, hey, the back of the 
of the hawk mode you flip this panel over top of the other one and then all of a sudden it's that but the the hawk that's a being, lot of wing to disappear being like the entire torso or the entire chest i think is the key to how air razor would work because that means you can just have a big bird mode and then like thus you have more room to cheat the wings back and forth uh i just feel I, my mind is so open now to these ideas because of dinobot <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, in my head, I'm thinking, like, if those wings in her robot mode are just, like, decoration. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that's why I'm thinking, like, the like, beast mode wing mask could be, like, hey, that's where we're going to fit the legs or the arms. Well I, mean, well, I mean, like, I'm looking at, like, her shoulder armor, and it's supposed to be, like, the body of the bird mode, but it doesn't match proportionally with, like, the big hawk head. So I'm thinking, like, what if that's actually, like, the beast mode legs? And yeah. they work the robot legs into the beast wings. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The, just the fact that, like, once upon a time, and it still happens, but I feel like the more people who get their hands on this Dinobot, it's like, once upon a time, you'd look at something like that and you'd be thinking in a very linear sense, and you'd be thinking like the flip changers as the basis. And now it's like, you look at that and you're like, well, the way Dinobot did things, the now that now that the shape of mass is completely malleable to a certain degree. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like these other solutions exist. He's just an inspiring toy, and we're not, we haven't even talked about the friggin' like the head sculpt or anything or the the gimmicks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, <laughs> it's everything that's like super impressive. It's just on an engineering level. Yeah, and then there's a billion other things it does. Yeah, and then also like, oh, we also just because it's an homage, we fit a winch engine into the tail so you can make it spin. Um, have you yeah, had much like, luck getting that thing to spin? Uh, not really. It's true. It kind of it kind of takes a very certain touch because the gear is now so big and the the diameter of the spinning bit is so big. You have to kind of massage it into spinning, and then you can start pumping the winch harder, and it goes faster. But it it takes a real certain touch. Uh, it's more of an homage than an actual gimmick. Um, go. Oh. Uh, how do you find the uh, the display base? Uh, the display base is fairly nice. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume it's large in preparation for future usage. The tilt on the arm is making me think that that is actually for future seekers. Like for their uh, jet modes. Uh, possibly. Because Macross is just about to implement a tilt on their, their Chogokin VF1 on its base. And, like, display arms with with uh, basically, like, like, you know, pitch and yaw are vastly sought after for jet modes. And they're not very... Usually, a display base has one axis at the top, not two. So seeing two axes at the top of this is making me think that this is future-proofing for a new Seeker. Or at least a new jet of some kind. Well, I mean, we also have plenty of flying characters for not only G1, but Beast Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. You like, know, like we, we, if we get that Transmetal Megatron down the line, I want this thing for flight. If we could only get one Transmetal, I would be fine if it was Transmetal 1 yes. Megatron. Yeah, th that's probably still my favorite design out of Beast Wars. Literally like, the it most iconic. Me. It upsets me so much that that toy has GPS, and I still don't have a Japanese one. Yeah, that's why I went nuts with the Japanese one at that one charity auction. Uh, partly because it was for charity, but I was also like, this might be my only chance in the near future to ever do this. Mm -hmm. So I blew like half my convention budget, <laughs> and I felt fine. I, I immediately 
they also brought it back over to Victoria with the rest of the Beast toys. Um, so I'm not even getting much use out of it, but he's where he's supposed to be. He's, he's with his brethren, and someday when I'm back over in BC for a visit, I'm going to do a proper Beast Wars shelf. Uh, get all that stuff looking good. Because, yeah, that... He 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 deserves a masterpiece toy, and he's he's also probably, I would say, one of the easier figures to to screen accurately have transform. Oh yeah, well by season two they stopped cheating a lot. Yeah, and we started getting a lot more toy accurate robot modes and beast modes. And he's real straightforward. Like like that's a figure where the masterpieceness is going to be more in the paintwork, the sculpt, and the articulation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the part where they get him up to the proper price point by including his entire bathtub because they're you know true fans. <laughs> yeah, his bathtub, his trans metal ducky. Yep. Like that's what's what's going to come into play is like all the things that his tail turned into. Like there's going to be a disc reader that just fits that golden disc that Dinobot comes with, just because. Oh, I'm so. I mean, the fact that that golden disc even came with not only a stand but like a universal adapter. Yeah, like, like I, I, I love that it had such reverence that it has its own display stand. That's yeah. special. Yeah, like they, they, they hit it on that thing. Um, I, I just, I love that they had an adapter where it's like it, it works in both hands, like Dino and Robot. Yeah, for for you know the one scene when he's waving it around in Dino mode. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, I was trying to think what else. Did you put uh, batteries in him yet? I did. And how are you finding that feature? Uh, stop trying to make light piping work with lights. Yeah, that that laser beam thing should have just been green, right? Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely, because it's the only color it ever was. Yeah, I. D- I think, I think I yelled about this when I got it, but yeah, like, like whoever, yeah, you did. You did. whoever was getting ahead of themselves with that, like, I appreciate it, but also someone should have stopped you. Like, <laughs> there's something uh, creepy to me that it comes with one face specifically for the light pipe gimmick. So the, the red on the eyes doesn't get in the way. Because on the one hand, yes, uh, it does help a little bit with the light piping and getting the correct color into that laser effect. On the other hand, you've given me dead Dinobot. Hey, it's screen accurate, right? <laughs> uh, I, I also love how, like, yeah, like the red light also, like with that primal, you know, the eyes are painted red, but they they just they blend perfectly with the red LED. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say, uh, did you see that two different companies have already started making uh, extra accessories for them? I I did see the. Uh... Coming of the Fusors, Rifle, and Bandolier. That was cool. Yep. Uh, two different companies are making Bandoliers and Rifles. So the, the arms... Very soon, you're going to have a plethora of extra stuff to put on your Dinobot. Uh, and I'm all for it. Like, official toys should come with with iconic accessories, but obviously they can't hit everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that if a Transmetal Megatron happens, if, if Takara Tomy doesn't do the bathtub, someone will do the bathtub. So, do the bathtub. Uh, I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm almost kind of hoping for because like every mold needs another usage. Like I could absolutely see a final battle Dinobot that has his pistol and his big uh, hammer. Oh, and like friggin' um, scorch marks all over him too. Scorch marks, damage. Yeah. Oh, that'd be hype. Because I, I was gonna say I would also like to see a Grimlock, like Beast Wars Grimlock, out of this thing with, like, a two-stage mm. mutant head. Uh, I think that'd be super cool. 
Beast, Beast Wars 2 Thrustor? I mean, like, absolutely, sure. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely manic level of detail going on. Like, yeah, I sure. Like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> um, any, anything else you want to throw out about uh, about Dinobot? Uh, no, because it's it's possible to gush forever about it. Yeah, it's uh, it is a piece. Um, I'm I'm really happy with how it turned out. I think he's a. I think he's how to put this. I think Primal was pretty good. I think Cheetor was what I was afraid the tricky ones were going to be. And I think Dinobot is a step above both on an enormous degree. Um, yeah, D- Dino- D- Dinobot feels like a step up in Transformers engineering as a whole. Yeah, like, like pr- he actually makes me side-eye Masterpiece Primal more than I would have. I still like pr- Masterpiece Primal a lot. But he's the one where I look at Masterpiece Primal and I'm like, you, Masterpiece Primal, are too comfortable with what you have to do. And you're not <laughs> taking risks as much you're as you You're not trying could've. hard enough. Yeah. Like, like Masterpiece Primal, we're like, yeah, he just has to do, he, has, he basically has to do the Ultra Toys transformation with a few extra steps for aesthetics, and that's what he does. But now I look at him going like, you know, Dinobot made his legs literally change shape. And now I'm kind of side-eyeing some of those extra little vestiges of visible robot on your gorilla mode that I was making excuses for. And and Dino, Dinobot certainly has stuff showing, but he, he's trying super hard. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's, let's bounce over to Aaron for a sec. Aaron, uh, tell me about one more of hey. your on-topic things. Um, I got the Studio Series Megatron. I like that toy a lot. Yeah, it took me a few goes um, because, again, of how not so great the instructions are to realize that you have to trash garbage. Yeah, for that toy that you have to do the uh, shift for the front treads. Yeah, uh, in order to get everything to line up better. That took me a bit too because I'm, I'm not used to that on official toys. Yeah, and and God, those instructions sucked. Like, yeah, plus, uh, the only other thing that's my big issue, because I, I know that we've um, kind of discussed around this some before, the, like, sh- uh, what would that be? The, like, thigh cover pieces? Yeah. Th- that don't, that, like, feel like something else should go on with them other than just hanging out uh, underneath the 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 tank. Yeah, I thought they were going to tab in somewhere <laughs> under there cuz cuz I got them to tab in on the robot mode and it seems like that's right. a bit of a finicky thing. And and I was kind of like, yeah, I could have I could have done with just some kind of maybe slot on the thigh cover mm-hmm. to tab into something just so I don't feel like they're going to just or with the way that that it's like double hinged, I wish that it had the additional click to like cuz there's space there for it to go up uh inside yeah, like if I, it had I did rotated find, up again to to tuck in more. I was able to get them to do what you're describing more so than how I thought they moved, but I'm not sure if that just means I've gotten them to where you got them. Yeah, no. So it has like where it seems like it goes like 30 degrees past the the flat bottom yeah. part. And I think that's where it's supposed to sit because that gets it just up out of the like the wheel path but yeah, not yeah. by a lot um there i mean i like the toy it just feels like it was too many organic shapes to try and make work 
without having to like square it off at some point. Really, for me, just the main thing is there. There are a couple those flaps and those those flaps that uh, end up on the tops of his knees. Um, mm-hmm. I wish were pinned. Yeah, because uh, they they are frictioned on in a way where it's super easy to to pop them off until at least you like really push them in. I got mine to actually yeah. push in a bit more, um, yeah. and they they held in better. But um, it's also just the way that like the the part that is his back that turns into the top of the tank just doesn't peg anywhere. So it kind of it just it hang it like it. It doesn't peg anywhere. Has, but it, it has a spot that kind of locks in some. Yeah, it has. It, but like, then like it, it has just it, you, if you hold it up and you look at the side of it, you just see air through the middle of it. Yeah, and, and I saw a pretty good crit that I sort of agreed with, which is like, of all the flaps on him, it feels like maybe one of them could have ended up on those flanks, mm-hmm. uh, rather than you know like as another part of the legs, um, right. I'm actually really hyped for a DNA design is doing an upgrade kit for him with a lot of stuff. Like, one of them is basically a swap out for his murder arm, so you can give him two normal arms. Okay. Um, and I th- I can't remember if they have a flank filler piece as well, but I, I gotta look into that more. Uh, they also have, like, a you know, the damage head from movie three. Because mm-hmm. um, there's so much about this figure I like. I'm actually, I'm, he's yeah. one I'm excited to, to put upgrade kits on. Yeah. There's just a lot of little fiddly bits, so like the gray spot part that ends up on the front treads that kind of makes a heel, but not quite. It's more like There's, an instep. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the way that I love the way that his the like the front of those treads like come apart to be toes. But I wish they locked open, man. But yeah, they don't <laughs> they they can either like you can kinda of find a halfway spot where it feels like you're on the edge of a of a click and then it just like snaps to 90 degrees or 180 degrees open yeah and it's so and easy like, in posing for them uh, to close up okay right because like that's that's where you grab his feet for the ankle tilt and then they just right. snap closed and it's there, like there's there's just a lot of little things like that that make me just like uh, okay i mm, i guess like I, I guess for me it's like there's a lot of little things like that but there's no big thing yeah it's it's really fidgety alt mode, and I think that the robot mode actually looks pretty dope. Yeah, I so, I, uh, I also like I'm. Okay, go ahead. I, I was I was gonna say I'm not disappointed in it. It I just it's like man, if if it could have gotten like another half pass on some of these issues, then I think it would have been much better served. I was just gonna say I put I put him and Brawl into vehicle mode side by side, and I was tickled to see like basically two pretty good looking compressed tank modes that were one wave. Cause it's like wave two Voyagers, okay. right? Or just two tanks, basically. Yeah. And <laughs> I I only picked up Megatron on this go, and if I think if I see Brawl, I'll end up picking him up too. Yeah, Brawl. Um, I would put the two of them in the same place. Like they they both have issues, but in different spots. Yeah. And Brawl has a lot of, like, actual transformation magic going on that I think is real satisfying. Okay. Um, he's just a lot more limited in posability. Because uh, the, the joints are all there. It's just he, he doesn't have ankle tilts, and and he actually really needed them. Okay. Um, so it's you can still get him to stand just fine. It's just it never feels as, like, stomped down to the ground solid as Megatron has got going on. Okay. Um... See, now I can't get Megatron's spine to go the way that it's supposed to. You just gotta go with the flow on that spine. Yeah. 
Well, it's like the way his arms come back, I see where those pegs need to get to, but it just doesn't want to align. There we go. I'm going to take credit for that. I helped. Yeah, thanks. I said go with the flow. Thanks, friendo. Great Beast Wars episode, I'm sure. I actually forgot which episode that is. Um... Pop over back over to because uh, actually here's spoiler I didn't really get anything new Transformers wise this week. Um, so TJ, did you get uh, anything else this week Transformers wise? Um, see, I got the new wave of Tiny Little Pretenders, Bombers, Octopunch, Legion, and there's so uh, much to say about those. There's so much to say about them. They're tiny little pretenders. They have useless little minifigures inside of them. Bombers gives me hidden nostalgia because I want to get anyway. Repugnus. Well, here's the thing they did. In the final wave, their weapon modes finally kind of look like something. But the line's over. Yeah. Kind of. Mm. I know, because two of them do the same thing wave one did. Yeah. And, I, then, Octa- like- and then Octopunch was mostly just like doing the thing Octopunch needed to have his tentacles. That's about it. With Bludgeon, at least the thing that's flipping out, like, somehow it just does more than if it was like a knife. Because now he's an actual bludgeon. He's got, like, that cudgel head thing. And I don't know. It just feels like they, they finally hit the weapon modes to more of a base level, but at the last minute, and now it's all done. Yeah. Those are going to be some toys a lot of people like that a, the, a lot of those same people are going to completely forget about in about two years. I almost want to, like, write that in a little box and bury it in the garden outside or something. Like, <laughs> see if it comes true. <laughs> I, I just I feel like that's going to be the case for a lot of the people who bought up those things is like I feel like they're just going to be so forgotten so quickly yeah these feel like like proverbial they are the front of my shelf just to take up that space yeah they, they happen to fit there <laughs> they have a yeah. small footprint yeah oh, but, um, uh, I, uh, I kind of wanted to expound on repugnance a little bit alright because yeah, it's the it's the mold again, but to its credit, it's really only the legs that are doing any kind of the same stuff. It's the same leg transformation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that's been remolded because he's got the bug legs now and he doesn't have extra hinges where a tail was supposed to attach. So even that yeah. has been remolded. If I if I recall correctly looking over all of them, I think the only parts they share throughout every iteration is like the thighs. Like, they all have the same white thighs, which I thought was weird. The group shots I've seen have spoken real highly of the current state of retooling to me. Uh, yeah, it's a little insane that these guys are the same old. Like, I, I think we had all kind of written off the idea that Repugnus would have new arms. Like, we were, mm-hmm. I think we were all thinking maybe new forearms with fold-out fangy-looking scythe things, but, like... The fact that he actually has the forearm pecs and the extra shoulder width is, like, uh, unexpected. Yeah. I, there is some disappointment to with it where uh, his robot arms really don't transform in any meaningful way. Yeah. <laughs> they just kind of go back and plug into his shoulder blades. That's a little bit of a letdown, especially because the remolded torso is just... It doesn't do anything. Like, it holds on to, like most of the gimmick stuff but it's like extra wide like the arms could have like slid in or folded in to a degree like it looks like the bulk for that was there 
even with the cockpit in the center, it's just not doing anything. Sometimes stuff like that, I also wonder how much of that is, like, in the, in the process of coming up with the retools, like, you know, like with other deluxes in past, like, if those are just vestiges of more elaborate ideas that ran into the budget wall. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that. Especially a limited release. Yeah. I, no, I also he... I also question on those three limited releases. Well, blast off less so, but on on punch counter punch and repugnance, it's like that feels like it was more. It was like a nebulous, slightly up budgeted retool for something. That this is where it ended up. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how much of it was open for expansion? How much of it might have been cut off? Like, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll not know for a while, but no. But uh, two things I do like: one, it matches perfectly to the previous Titans Return Repugnus. And mm-hmm. I do, I do really like that you have like I think this is the first time on a U.S. toy you have an option between uh, toy head and animation head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So that's kind of cool. Uh, the other thing I like is the solution to his wing backpack, which is they're just it's just a pair of blades. Yeah, mm-hmm. which real simple. It works well. It's more thematic. Because it works toward his beast mode weapons. And there's part of me that's like, you know, it's supposed to be a pair of swords, but if I undersling him on the bottom of his hands, like he's like evolving that sickle a little bit further. That that I think is a really cool touch for him. I saw a cool setup where both blades, I think, plugged together into their kind of pilotable weapon form was then just mounted on one of his forearms. And it's kind of like a Wolverine claw. <laughs> Yeah, it actually has tabs and slots on the inside of that to make that, like, when you push it together, it clicks and holds in place all around it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's his chair weapon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that was the thing in, in that line. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they all come with sleds. <laughs> this Well, this one actually would work, right? If you, were, if you mounted a chair on a giant pair of blades and hurled it down a hill, it would just kind of carve its way down the hill, right? Like, that's the physics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really want to get Repugnus, and I am still holding out optimism that all three of those Amazon exclusives will just pop up on Amazon Canada. Because uh, that's what happened with Nemesis Prime, so they just need to show up. That's where, that's where friggin' at least one of those listings was first seen, was on Amazon.ca. They, they gotta pop up there. Fingers crossed. Worst case, I mean, he's coming out in Japan too. Uh, yeah, that was actually the the happy ending for the folks who weren't able to get Throne Optimus Primal today on Hasbro Toy Shop. Yep, that'd be me. Yep, because he's coming out in Japan just as a release, and it basically costs the same. So it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. that's I think the way I'm gonna have to go. Yeah, I almost put in the Amazon Japan pre-order, but then I was like, you know, that's the same month Beast Wars Megatron comes out. And I'm just going to take the dice roll that Throne Optimus doesn't sell out right away. Because I can't do both of those in the same month. Yeah. Like, it stuns me. I was certain that that, that the Throne of the Primes was going to be the one to languish. And no, it's the one that has the super rare G1 toys. It's It's still floating. The friggin' Dino Cassettes is the one. I get. They had to have just made more of that one. Like, I suppose... uh, I saw a lot of people when I posted like, hey, if this thing ever shows up, just like, let me know, because I'd rather not do Amazon Japan. And a whole bunch of people were like, no, I got mine right off the bat, and I didn't even want the, I don't want that Bumblebee. 
It's like, yeah, uh, for, okay. Yeah, it's it that the fact that that's still floating around that the throne sold out, which just makes me think they must have not the throne. They can't, just can't have put that much in stock. I'm also kind of agog that the the TCG packs sold out that quickly too. Like, unless it really was just everyone trying to finish playsets of tandem targeting system. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm kind of mad about, but not super mad about. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, I, I, I slept through most of that <laughs> this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I, Did we lose each other? Did we all just no, wait for no, everybody we both, else? No, we, we tried to talk at the same time. We yeah, both you, you stopped. Guys, your voices actually faded out in a way that made me think you both got disconnected at the same time. And I was like, huh. Huh. That'll be interesting. Instead, that's just a really interesting, awkward pause for the listener. So welcome to the show, listeners. Uh, Aaron, you were saying. No, I was um, just that I, I'm still surprised about the tandem targeting system. And uh, it it's nexus of fate all over again it's worse i think like nexus of fate at least looked like a nexus of fate is a card that should have been a one of by all definitions when you look at it it's yeah. it's actually ridiculous it's a four of in current standard tandem targeting system literally says you need a second copy of it to use half its abilities <laughs> yep that is infuriating if they actually are going to make that exclusive to that pack i was looking at it more i was like you know it has to be an alternate art version is going to be somewhere else if it's not snuck into that first wave that if that list is final that we saw like i saw someone hypothesizing maybe there's another copy or two of it packed in with the metroplex deck and i'm like i hope yeah like two copies that way you buy the metroplex deck and then you get three copies or if there's like a decepticon starter coming yeah. Oh, Decepticon Starter would be the uh, play. The thing is, it's a rare. Well, no, it's not a rare. It's just a rare because it was one of two in that, in right. that thing. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, the other battle card whose name are All Out Attack, that should be a rare. That's a powerful card. Um, mm-hmm. That should be tricky to get. Nexus of Fate should be rare and tricky to get. A card that literally searches the graveyard for a copy of itself should not be that hard to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to start yelling about that more if we keep going. So, yeah. Uh, I just talked to TJ about Repugnance. So, uh-huh. Aaron, uh-huh. anything else in your end that was on topic? Uh, my Amazon Prime Day Nemesis Prime showed up. Ah, I actually still haven't opened mine. Yeah, well, you had two weeks, man. I know. It's just been busy. Yeah. I actually, I also have... Did I tell you I found I found two of the three other terror cons someone had bought all the blots so i found a cutthroat and a ripper snapper and i haven't opened them yet either because i i wanted to but then i was like you know with that blot here i'm not in a rush so yeah it's kind of chilling out but um i'll basically go with yeah pretty much everything that that tj had said i agree with the the tolerance on it feels a lot better um than the original prime did um, to the point of, I think a few things on the Nemesis packs were maybe a little bit too tight, like it 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 squeaked a little bit too far the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, there was quite a few cases of like I'm gonna like work this arm around 364 or five times, and then after that, it feels like it's a little bit better, almost like paint stick, but it's plastic on plastic. And some of that mold release stick, something. 
Um, um, I want I want to highlight a, a response we got where someone said, "I can't believe none of you said that the smaller robot should have been Armada Sideways." I actually spent a whole day sitting there going, "Like, is this trolling? Like, I don't understand what you mean." And then I they clicked all of us. I was like, "Oh right," because in Armada, Nemesis Prime was a guy's worn by Armada Sideways in that one episode. Uh- Oh yeah, and then I was like, "That's actually pretty clever." And I wanted to highlight that idea as as actually pretty darn clever. Um, but also I needed to highlight the part where it took me an entire day to realize what that idea was. <laughs> so I was like, "What are you talking about?" I never, I didn't reply because I was like, "No, I'm not going to reply because like, clearly I'm missing something, and I want to figure it out." And I did, but <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean? The obvious idea, Armada sideways?" Uh, but now I really would have liked to see that. So there you go. Um. Well, I'm glad you got it. I'm glad he's good. Yeah. Uh, TJ, any other Transformers on your end? Uh, last two on topic for me. Let's just open this up. I have Cyberverse, Bumblebee, and Shockwave. Oof. Okay. Well. Okay. I found all of them, but Shockwave. So I still don't have any because he's the only one I want. Um. So how's Shockwave? Okay. Shockwave is a great Shockwave figure that pretends it can transform yeah because literally i would i would let's let's just say more than half of the engineering for his transformation is just his articulation in robot mode and i mean i'm it's, i'm fine with that because like to me that's not too far a step away from him folding into a stick and calling it a spaceship <laughs> yeah yeah true so but i just yeah, it's it's an inherent thing. It's like a spider tank can be cool, but I don't know why a transformer turns into a spider tank because they have legs. I imagine it's like this further stability for bigger shots. Like he's shooting See, harder. You say that. <laughs> Interesting yeah. thing about this toy. So, to his credit, his gimmick works in both modes, and it's completely out of the way, so it does not hinder the toy at all. So the way it works is you've got this little kind of ratcheted and spring-loaded thing where you pull the lever back. It makes the barrel retract and flips out these pink little blast effects. Now in the beast in the uh mode, because it, it kind of looks like one. The in the beast, see, I keep doing it. In the thing that's supposed to be a vehicle mode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, when you do that. One blast effect pops out, and then when you turn it into the robot mode, and it's not the lever anymore. The lever goes into the torso of the toy, and then you flip the entire mechanism up over the shoulder. But then two blasts come out. So he's actually firing a double-sized blast in his robot mode than his spider tank mode. Well, you, well, you see, those are two smaller blasts uh, that, are, that are less focused than the, uh, the cosmic rail cannon on legs mode. I'm making all this up, by the way. <laughs> Because his whole shockwave as a concept is a bunch of made-up stuff packed into it. Like, why does a Transformer have a gun for a hand instead of holding a gun? Why does this Transformer only have one eyeball and no mouth? Well, the other one has eyeballs but a faceplate, and the other one has a face. Shockwave's a, a collection of stuff that, that you make up justifications for. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep apologizing for Star, for Starscream, for uh, shockwave toys. Um... But it, it sounds like he's a figure that I could say, look at, and go like, "This feels like a good Rid Warrior toy." Yeah, like there's definitely some Rid feel to him. 
the engineering is similar a lot of ball joints and mushroom pegs a lot of hollowed out and simplified areas uh, I'd say the paint is pretty decent in that comparison mm-hmm. like there's some areas like the front of his shoulders where all the lines are molded in for where the pink lines are supposed to go and they're just not there uh, but beyond that like he's well decoed he's decently articulated like his only his biggest sin I would think in the robot mode is he has no neck articulation oh, wh- wait what yeah his head is static it doesn't move oh that friggin sucks cause that actually erases the ability for the toy to emote for the most part uh, yeah that is a yeah. shame is it a separate piece at least? Like, does it look like something you could you could saw off and like stick a ball joint on or something? I mean, I, I don't think so. It looks like it's mold. It looks like it's a molded piece to the front half of his torso. Darn. I got it. Yeah, I still want to pick that figure up. I wonder how moldable that is. Like, like that's that's a mod on the level of actually sawing off a piece and like pinning a ball. Yeah, it it, it in. starts to change when you're like, I need to get a bandsaw. <laughs> Well, yeah, a mod- and a modeling, turret a modeling, saw, a modeling saw. Thank you. Modeling saw and a Dremel, and yeah, <laughs> Dremel and four or five different attachments for the Dremel. Yeah, it'll be worth it to make this twenty dollar toy look to the left. Diesel generator. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other reason why I didn't want to pick him up, uh, like right away. So I didn't see one, but when I didn't see one, and I saw the others. Is when that price point was also on a really good sale at Toys R Us. And also when I saw that those are usually 20 bucks, and now they're on ToysRoast.ca, but for 20 bucks in tax and shipping. And it's like, no thank you. <laughs> uh, well, okay, we gotta talk about that. Starscream. Do you like Starscream? <laughs> I don't know, I didn't get him. What was the other one you said? Bumblebee. I thought you said Starscream. Why did I think you no, said Starscream? No, he said Bumblebee. Wow. You're, you're pretending like I got the one you want to talk about. Yeah, and not the one I actually got. That's like that's not confirmation bias. It's like something even worse. It's where I just misremembered something you said like five minutes ago. Yeah, and that never happens. Um, all right, so Bumblebee. I looked at Bumblebee in the package for a good like five minutes trying to figure out if I wanted him, and I didn't get him. I put him back. Uh, did, did he turn out okay? You don't want him. Yes. Yeah, see the one the Bolt Matrix had like one that just broke apart out of the package. I, I someone tweeted a picture at me where it was just that bumblebee with most of its limbs off its torso because none of the joints held. Yeah, I saw that actually from more than one person, which was not nice to see. Yeah, uh, on mine, a lot of the joint tolerances are very loose. Uh, it's not a very well held together figure. Uh, one of the knees on mine, it's just like a normal little friction hinge. Uh, really, like it, the, the knees do this really weird thing. Where mm-hmm. in order to, I guess in order to make sure the vehicle mode is solid and straight, it has a locking point, like a little detent. When the leg is perfectly straight, every time I try to move it in or out of that detent, the left leg just pops off at the knee. Why does this keep happening to Wave 1 Bumblebees right now? Of like, this is the one that's built terrible. For, for like, most people, yeah, because we we've got to get Bumblebee out because he's the, he's the evergreen character <laughs> that everybody like, knows, and we want all the kids to have. The and other wave we need, one we need, figures we, are fine. We need, we need like <laughs> another 
three weeks of design time, but we got to get it locked in final so that we can get the molds made so that we can get them produced. They're uh, making the same amount as the Stingers, and Stinger was fine. Like, how did... And then in this case, Shockwave sounds like he's not leprosying into a puddle. So, like... Is there just some problem with yellow plastic right now? Because I also saw a video of how <laughs> of how the Volkswagen um, movie studio series Bumblebee transforms. That toy looks like it's not falling apart, and in fact, it's slightly smaller than the one that falls apart. Like I don't know whether like Bumblebee because he is the main character in Transformers these days because he's always in Wave One because he is the kid friendly, super marketed one. He should always be the best figure in the line. He should be like the strongest foot going forward, especially in a line like Cyberverse where the instructions have honeycomb patterns on them. And like, like let's be fair, this is two Bumblebees in a row. It's not like this is a years long problem. But it's just like, this really sucks when, yes, he is basically the keystone of the franchise right now, uh, media-wise, and, like, both of his Wave 1 Deluxes are kind of, are, are arguably the crummiest. But, like, even back to R.I.D., I would still argue that he came out beside much better Deluxes. You know, Strongarm and Grimlock I had a lot more fun with, because yeah, my Grimlock didn't break. This is also us, like, actually just pretending Steeljaw doesn't exist. Who? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also going to say that Bumblebee Deluxe is pretty okay. Like he he was he was a good baseline that was improved on for Drift and all the other car Autobots that came out afterwards, barring mm. Sideswipe. But he was a good baseline still. Like I you know, like I, I got the um the the translucent blue armored one from Japan, which was basically the same toy, just a little bit fancier looking, and I was like this still holds up with a retooling uh for for cosmetics. But uh, okay, Aside from the part where the toy falls apart all the time, how is that Bumblebee? <laughs> Still not good. Okay, because it seems like Optimus and Starscream have plenty of problems, but they don't fall apart. From what I could tell at a glance, and also I'm not remembering very well, I just remember hearing about Bumblebee falling apart straight out of the, pa the packaging for some folks. Mm. Okay, so spinning... Okay, so like spinning arm stinger gimmick thing? Yeah. Uh, doesn't work great. Oh, you know, it it doesn't it does not have a lot of uh, doesn't have a lot of force behind the spin. So you know his arm does flip forward, but his stinger just kind of kind of limply leans over. The, uh, this sounds like the revelation of how the Starscream gimmick worked. The packaging shot lies. Yeah, because that you, did you did you see how Starscream's wing gimmick works? Yeah, yeah, where we all thought it meant flip out blades and then you spin things around and it was like the blades don't actually flip out they're just on loose rivets and they're hoping that they spin fast enough to flip out and it's like mm -hmm. alright all right, I kind of get it but that that's less impressive sounding in a lot of ways but no uh, for him like I, when I mean this thing lies I mean if you look at the packaging shot on that bumblebee toy that that left arm of his has an outward hinge to it so you can like fire it at someone off to his side nope hmm. like the package just straight up lies about a point of articulation he's got hmm. and that then sucks uh, yeah yeah well is it a case where like you could hold it in that position if you just no. like okay no no the, no the hinge literally has a tab like they had to saw off a tab on one of the hinges in order to get it to do that that's a shame uh and then transformation because 
know, there's spring gimmicks involved is a little bit tenuous. Mine doesn't hold together great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it is kind of a cool-looking car, but at the same time, because there's a spring fighting its position and because, you know, there's just generally a few things that don't line up very well and a few exposed hinges in the hood, you know, there's also gap issues. Mm-hmm. So, it just doesn't... What could have been like a really cool vehicle mode because that's why I ended up getting it and just taking the risk on them because like I really like the vehicle mode so like maybe I got a satisfying little quick transformation toy out of this. Well, and and what I'm gonna say before we cross some line of like really over criticizing the kids' toy line is obviously if you listen to me for the last few weeks I was coming into this with a a, a high level of ceilinged expectations for the warrior price point specifically and learning a lot of these things has been really disappointing not because I want things that are like generations deluxes I just thought that the warrior price point was going to continue as I knew it and clearly it isn't and I think that's kind of, I think it's a letdown um, not one that's like wrecking the franchise or anything it is just a letdown because that was kind of the backbone of what had me interested in the toys for Cyberverse uh, yeah. And I'm going to keep checking in on it. Like, who knows? Maybe they'll just shift gears come year two or something. Like I like I said during uh, one of those massive <laughs> info drops. But seeing, like, hearing about this, seeing that the Optimus figure is like, no, he actually has a locked arm for the, the axe gimmick. It's like, I get it. But Warrior was just such a, a nice, quiet, surprising price point of this is a basic action figure with a basic transformation and a basic alt mode. And it kind of does all those things. Uh, and, and I like that. Um, so it's a shame that isn't existing for these. Uh, TJ, you probably shouldn't get the other two from Wave 1. That's what I was going to say. No, no. Like, if I get anything else from this line, it might be the Ultra Optimus, because he actually looks kind of decent. He do- So I watched how those things work, and both of them had at least one thing they don't do that I thought that they did. That Megatron not having a gimmick in robot mode. I don't even understand. That, I'm just like, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> how, how is the activation button on the side of the toy that can't activate without his other arm being plugged into it? And I mean, I, I can see how the idea is it only fully activates when you lock his arms together in, like, you know, the double-armed cannon thing, which is, the, like, just transforming him halfway. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I kind of get it. I mean, that but, that's another kind of, like, it's hey, movie Megatron did this once. Yeah, so like I kind yeah. I kind of get it, but I don't know. They're, just both of them outside of their gimmicks, both of them like had one. In both cases, it was like a petty thing, but there was like a one thing missing that I thought they did and they don't, and I was like, oh, like that. Especially for the price point in Canada, I'm like, I maybe I am just gonna sit that out too. And it's it's not like that's wrong. Like oh oh no. The Cyberverse toys aren't satisfying me, the adult collector. You know, that's that's not their problem. But I just really had... I had somehow gotten a lot of my expectations wrong on Cyberverse. <laughs> on a really small level. Um, also, confirmed in the thread, Vault Matrix has confirmed he is, in fact, a masochist. So if you want to know how these toys will work, it sounds like he's going to keep getting all of them. So, best of luck, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hope hope they don't. I hope that if they explode, it at least happens on camera, so you can get a shot of it. Um. I mean, if there's a hope, you know, that would probably be it. Yeah. Like what was it? There was a toy. There was a, a movie Optimus with a spring-loaded head, 
and he managed to, on his first try, launch the head on camera. <laughs> uh, that was that was good times. Um, anyway, if you are out there enjoying Cyberverse, then I am very happy. Uh, oh, no, wait, there's one more price point that might work for me, because they're doing Legends toys, right, that don't have gimmicks. They're just, like, Legends toys. I think. I'm going to go look this up. <laughs> oh god like i'm so i'm so lost on like how this after, toy line works i totally forget after <laughs> the we got scale names always changing well, uh, after we got the warrior class wrong for literally we no they don't they don't okay i'm looking at the the page the smallest class is the scout class which are the ones that are really hard to talk about at all uh so yeah there is there is no legends class for these it is it is i am i am out in the cold right now oh well um. So that was yeah, okay. So that's that was it for TJ's on topic, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, any other on topic for you? Nope. All right, let's uh, let's switch over to off topic, where I would just like to quickly throw a uh, shout out to someone whose Twitter DM I now have closed because I went to look at the Cyberverse page, so I am now pulling it back up to uh, Half Sight Triple Six. He dug up some magic cards, really cool ones, and sent them over to me, uh, and it involves a bunch of foil swamps and a, a cabal coffers. I am in position to start the slow build I was hoping to do this year of an Aetherios Shadowborn Apostles EDH deck, and I've got a lot of the baseline now, and so I want to say thank you a ton, because also there was some blue cards in here, which gives me some of the baseline from Modern Merfolk, which is another thing that was on my my long-term list so uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, also, I just wanted to say I got caught up on Sodo Common Rider build. I, I had a bunch of unbuilt ones, and I built all of them. Uh, and that is a good ass line. That is a good a good action figure line for a very good Common Rider show. Uh, and I'm I'm just happy I'm I'm up to date on it. Um, just waiting for the final retail set to come out next weekend. And then it's the long wait for the web exclusive final final set in December. But uh, I put together uh, waves uh, eight through eleven, and I also put together my uh, my uh, Kuma Terabi, uh, my Kuma Television Bear Television uh, exclusive that I got off Mandarake. And uh, yeah, it's good toys. Common Rider build also. That is a show. That's going yeah. places. That is. I got. I got caught up on a lot of the ancillary media last night. I watched uh, Rogue episodes one and two. Those were good. Like this, it's kind of a, a consistently really good show, and all the side stuff has the fun side continuity additions of a lot of drives side stuff. Um, I'm really excited for the next couple weeks because I, I I feel like. I have a good idea of how the show is going to end, and even if it ends predictably, it's a predictably that I'm into. So I'm 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 into this. Uh, TJ, you're keeping up, right? Sounds like you're digging it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're down with evil evil space dads and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think I I'm I'm been keeping my eyes open. I kind of want. I'm hoping I can get in a pre order on the, the the Ziku driver for the next show. Because mm-hmm. I kind of they they did it, they did the thing that I like, and I kind of I think I'm gonna try. Uh, also, because I, I successfully got an order in on the on the build watch on HLJ. I hate you. So I'm I've I took the first step. There's there's like 
there's like 20 minutes where that thing was available and I did not get in on it. Yeah, that thing is it'll, it'll be back. Uh but but yeah. Things are happening. Common Rider things are happening. Um TJ, how do I get you in on the Soto train? How do I get you buying candy toys? Uh you probably can't. Actually, yeah, because they're, they're actually doing good figures for Zio. Uh, have you seen those things? Like uh, the Zio action figure line? I, I've seen the action figure line. Like, actual swappable hands, it looks like. Like, yeah, we've, done, we've finally done away with that two-finger thing. The garbage hands that were ruining those figures for so long. <laughs> and, and it's like they finally made them into Fig Arts Light. They're like $20 Fig Arts Light that look on par with Marvel Legends. I mean, the, the irony is, is like those lines started off that way because yeah. we had we, we had all those lines before then with the removable armor gimmick. And then Kiva went and made that gimmicky line plus better articulation and the swappable hands. And then we just got the divide where like all the cheap went to here and then all the high point went to here. And now we're starting to cross again. Yeah, and like, like I threw in pre-orders on basically all those RKF figures because they they actually look pretty good, and like some of it was impulsy. I might not hang on to all of it, but like seeing like those what looked like three D printed prototypes of like the build figures um, from RKF, like it actually looks like fun six inch action figures that don't just make me go like I should have got the fig arts. Um, and then if there's going to be like an armor gimmick attached to that the one thing is maybe the armor gimmick will lock up articulation again I don't know like I seeing how good those look makes me wonder if like the way that it seems they summarily abandoned the build gimmick line was them maybe finding out like maybe demographically locking up all the articulation lost people like I don't know that was that was really weird like they got to rogue and then they just stopped yeah we didn't get like we we didn't get anything for evil. We didn't get magma. Yeah, no, they they abandoned ship on genius, basically, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they did genius. I think that's more out of obligation at that point. Yeah, like it just it just felt like that line. I wonder how much Soto had to do with that too, where Soto was like, "Hey, we have that gimmick, but also the toys are poseable." Um. Anyway, I just I'm excited about this next series, toy line wise. Um, I want I want to see what it does, but. That's just rambling about what's not out yet. Um, speaking of what is it, TJ, did you get anything off topic this week that you wanted to talk about? Uh, the only noteworthy thing is uh, staying on the topic. I got the Genius full bottle. Oh, I I built a Genius uh, Soto figure, and it was a really good set of stickers on that figure. All right, so it's your ba- it's pretty much your basic like final form tension device thing. You know, it's big flashy electronics it's uh, a lot of quotes from the character yep uh it's it's the nice choice quotes from it and then there's still this like like the random element they've been putting into things is still in effect because like you get all the way through the quote chain and at the end it could either be uh either, either like him exclaiming happily or the this sucks line yeah okay so that's fun enough what impressed me was just how clever uh the infinite mirror is yeah i think that's cool it is it is because like functionally it's the it's an infinite mirror so you have this whole line of full bottles just going off into the distance but to actually make it look like they're going up and down the way the bottles go into the driver the mirror 
when you crank it, the mirror tilts back and forth on an axis on top of it. It's just, just a super clever and simple way of just making it look like a whole bunch of bottles going in at the same time. When I saw it was a mirror, it also, for a second, I was just like, was this like something someone made but couldn't implement into Exade somewhere? And they were just like, whoever did it was like, we're using my mirror trick somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, they did so much with, well, they did a mirror box for that one and it worked pretty well. They did like double mirror boxes. That's so why I'm wondering, like, like did like when they were designing all those different mirror tricks, was there someone who was like, what about a flippity mirror? And then like, they just ended up not using it for anything. Like, hey guys, I just found, I just figured out how we can use like an infinite mirror. It's like, but we just sent it to the factory. Oh no! And then this guy was just like, I'm gonna go over to the Soto team and I'm gonna screw <laughs> your next figure line so hard. Also, here's my infinite mirror trick. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's it 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 is like it is not the grandest of experiences like there are more interesting devices to plug into your build driver but you know like it's more or less an upgrade of the can yeah from sparkling and in that you know it's you know it's simple but it works really well like there's a lot there's a lot of little touches to it that is surprising yeah and i mean the, the can's gonna get one more go in december as well with the web exclusive uh from the movie mm-hmm. uh, not an infinite mirror this time but they're getting what three uses then out of the can. That's that's pretty impressive. Well, 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 the can the can from the movie is the sparkling can remolded. Like, yeah. This like this is a similar shape, but it shares none of the parts. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a remold or anything. And it, yeah, it, it is also way more impressive. Um, yeah. In in what it's doing. But cool. I I ended up uh, the one time I was going to get into into some build roleplay toys. I was like, let me go check Mandarake, because the build roleplay toys all over Mandarake, all over HLJ. I'm going to go look at the aftermarket on the Evil Driver. That is the one thing that sparked, that sparked, that spiked uh, up to, in, in in heights of 9k to 12k yen. So I was like, all right, I will sit out the, I will continue sitting out the line. That is okay. <laughs> the one toy I missed was the Evil Trigger, and I'm kind of scared to go look at how much that's gone up. That was high for like a week but it went back down immediately so the evil trigger is probably not going to be too hard i would say try to get it sooner than later but i saw i saw it spike up to six thousand and then another one went up for like two and a half thousand um the next couple days so i think it's because the driver has all the laughing and that's what people want that's what i want like but yeah that's a about it for me all right aaron uh i mean hey. we talked well we talked right after you got back from gen con but i don't know if we really hit everything you got at gen con not saying that's the only off-topic <laughs> stuff you got but i'm sure that's the focus um so did the standard got a, a scoop of dice from chess x uh i got uh the so uh when i was up at tf con i got the uh tiny epic galaxies or epic tiny galaxies i forget which way those go uh, there was an expansion that really filled out the game that was into the black. I picked that up at Gen Con. Um, I got Con Crud. Yeah. Ended up uh, uh, having to take Alfie to the urgent care in order to get stuff to help her breathe because asthmatic fun. Um, trying to think what else. I got some uh, Dragon Shield 
matte pearl I was going to ask you to mule one of those, and then I looked at them, and I was like, you know, when I factor in shipping, this is a stupid amount to spend on... <laughs> Uh, if only there. I was already shipping something else up there at the same time. Even then, I was also like, uh, I have nothing to use these on, and these are a convention souvenir. Like, yeah. getting someone to mule a special colored set of dragon shields felt like a step beyond what I actually wanted to, to do. Um, and then also <laughs> the play mat that matches that artwork. Yeah. Uh, because it was like $5 more with the the coupon or whatever. I also I also felt like I only I didn't want to get you to mule tons of stuff cuz you were already doing all that helpful stuff with the Transformers cards. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to poke Aaron too much, but also I had that moment right after Gen Con was over about a week later. Well, not even a week like yeah. like half a week later, I was like, you know, I I don't know if it was doable. I wish I could have somehow gotten Aaron to just donate another day of his time to getting a couple decks of Keyforge cuz I I want to I want to poke that game. That li- so um, I did talk to a couple other people that were at Gen Con. Apparently, the line for that was like bonkers. Yeah, because everybody wanted to get KeyForge, and so it was like an hour wait. It has no release date aside from like Q4. So like yeah. I could see. Also, I looked at the aftermarket prices of the the people who are selling their KeyForge decks. Uh-huh. Oh, they are making their money. They're making their time and money back. Like ninety bucks plus for for what will be a ten dollar product when it comes out. Yeah, I've had I known that maybe I would have gone and waited some. The, but there's no, um, there's literally no way you could have predicted that. Like I think the only reason it's happening yeah. is because also all those decks are ostensibly unique. Yeah. So the idea is, what if one of the power decks came out at, at Gen Con? And it's like, yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of anything else. I finished building uh, Lego Voltron. Um, that thing is a beast uh, once totally built. Um, if you have interest in Voltron, yeah, for sure. Uh, pick that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to fast line it because it's almost one in the morning and I'm really tired and I have to go to work tomorrow. Well, let's have another long discussion about uh, the nature of tabletop gaming. Okay, uh, cool. We'll go ahead and save this, and hopefully Audacity <laughs> doesn't crash out. Uh, Aaron, thank you for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. And TJ, thank you for joining us. And uh, Chris, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, Chris. You're a delightful person to work with. Such a professional. <sighs> Who's the drunk Irish guy? <laughs> Not kidding. Uh, nope. Uh, I just need to close the show up. So... Um, thank you all for listening we'll talk to you again and uh, please stay safe out there enjoy your toys, play your games drop us some uh, replies in the thread if you're so inclined and uh, we'll talk to you about Transformers again 